Hello, welcome to Sheffield Board Gamers Podcast. This is a very special episode. This is episode 50. We're joined today by Tom Cauldron. Hello, Tom. Hello, Rick. We've got Tom L as well. Tom Ludwell, hi. Hi, Rick. Hi, Tom. Hello. And we've also got Samuel on as well. Hi. Hi, hi Samuel. Hi, Rick. Hi, Tom. Hi, Tom. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> we've got both Toms, uh, so it might be a little bit confusing. but As always. As always. Yeah. We, 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 we're used to it by now. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a very special episode. This is episode 50, so we've got loads of games that we've played recently that we're going to talk about. Uh, we've got a special uh, question of the week, which is what are your favourite video games? And uh, we're also going to be releasing a few mini episodes between now and Christmas as well. So uh, keep an ear out for those. Uh, not necessarily about board games, about different topics. And inter- we've got some interviews with people and things like that. So that, that should be coming up shortly. Uh, but in this episode, we're going to talk about uh, what we normally talk about. So board games in general that we've been playing over the past month or so. And uh, also, though, before that, I've been out and about. I've been out to uh, something a, a show called The Other Partisan. So I think mm-hmm. this is a, a, a follow-up to a, a summer show, which is called Partisan, and it's like a wargaming show. That's in York, isn't it? I believe so, yeah. Uh, this one was in Newark, uh, the one that we went to. It's at the huh? showgrounds there. So this is like a wargaming sort of show where it's like a big massive hall and people, you know, there's sellers there and there's people meeting up to play games and things like that. Uh, and these are the big kind of table top games with scenery and lots of little miniatures. And I've got a friend who, uh, who wants to get into Napoleonics and he wants to start playing. So <laughs> I agreed I'd, uh, I'd join him and buy some, uh, buy some figures and get them all painted up and everything. So we went down to have a look around and... Uh, yeah, I had a wander around to uh, this uh, this show. Um, there were loads of sellers there selling all sorts of wargaming stuff, so all the paints, the modelling equipment, books, things like that. There were quite a lot of interesting stuff there. And then in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the hall, it's like a big massive hall down at the uh, the showgrounds there. There was uh, lots of tables set up uh, because they, they they do take up quite a lot of space. These kind of games. Yeah. They had huge boards, and they all got all the scenery on there, all the buildings, and the like hills and things. And then rows and rows and rows of uh, <laughs> of armies that were kind of fighting each other. Mm. So the, the, there were a few um, wargaming clubs there as well. The Sheffield uh, Sheffield and Rotherham Wargaming Club, I think, was there. Yeah, I think they were. I've seen posts from them. Yeah, they got representatives there, and they would like demo a few games. Uh, you could go and demo a few games, or you could just go and play. You know, play with your friends and stuff. So uh, I think there was a Derbyshire one there, Derbyshire Gaming Group. Uh, there were a couple of games that I recognised. There were uh, one, one uh, group playing Memoir 44, playing you know, the big battle one, the one where you kind of put like a couple of maps together and you... Were they doing D-Day? Uh, I don't think it was D-Day. I think it was some kind of... Uh, there was no beach there. That's what I'm trying right. to say. Uh, so, they, uh, yeah, they were playing that. There, were, there was the new Undaunted there, the Plains one. Oh, right. Battle of Britain. That's the one, yeah, Battle of Britain, mm-hmm. yeah. There were a couple of guys playing that on a big uh, on a big table, so that looked quite interesting. Mm-hmm. I've heard good things by it about it from people who bought it yeah, at UK yeah, Games Expo. Yeah. I've not played the Undaunted one yet. I think Tom's got a copy, haven't you, Tom? I've just got the the first one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've not played any of them either. But I've heard about them. So I've got the Undaunted, Undaunted Normandy. I haven't got uh, the North Africa one or the Stalingrad one, which is the whole big legacy campaign. Yeah, thing. there's there's or quite a few different ones, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. I think they're doing a science fiction Undaunted as well, but I could be completely oh, wow. wrong. Oh, that'd be interesting. 
Uh, yeah, and there were a lot of games that I didn't recognise. Um, so these are all the Napoleonic games, and the, they've got uh, like an Aliens one there where they were playing, you know, again, uh, the the you know the Aliens movie. Oh, um, another fine day in the core. Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah, yeah. There was a couple of Star Wars games, a couple of Star Wars skirmish games. There's quite a lot of Aliens games which don't actually use the name Aliens. They've just got very similar mm. xenomorph-type <laughs> things, but not actually copyright yeah. infringing. Yeah. Nemesis of Play yeah, Nemesis. is like it, <laughs> right. but Another Fine Day in the Court is licensed. I think it's a Game of Force 9 game, yeah. and I've yeah, played that right. one as well. And yeah, the Aliens are brutal. And it, it's good, but <laughs> as it should yeah, be. As, as a cooperative, the, the game literally fights back. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was an officially licensed one, and they'd got the pulse rifle there. You know, they got like a full-sized pulse rifle prop, which is quite cool to look at. Oh wow! And, like fully painted and everything. Amazing. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was a good day out. We uh, we we were around there, and then I also went to another one as well. There's one in Leeds that I went to. Is that at the Armouries? Royal Armouries in Leeds. Yeah, yeah, that's one. Uh, similar sort of thing, and I think I saw a lot of the same people there as well. A lot of the same stands, and some of the groups were there as well. Uh, lots of similar sort of thing there, but that was good. But the good, the good thing about that one is we walked around the uh, the show in the morning, and then we went to have a bit of lunch, and then we went to the Royal Armies in the afternoon and walked around there because it was like bang opposite on the same square. It was good for a day out. Anything you guys have been up to? What you've been up to lately? Just play testing for me, really. Oh, cool. What have you been testing? Well, doing just doing the ish. Playtesting ish, yeah. Um, just the just a few play testing sessions, really. Um, oh yeah, twice a month mm. now. Yep. Mm. Wow. Uh, That's good. Uh, second good. Sunday of the month at uh, Treehouse Games Cafe, and the third Saturday of the month at Patriot Games. Yeah, got quite a lot of people coming along to that. Uh, yeah, certainly the Sunday one. The... Yeah, the Treehouse uh, do a great, uh, much better job than we do at uh, publicising it on social media. Yeah, <laughs> and the Patriot one's less well attended, but still. Yeah, but still, it's got yeah. still it's get the, uh, the core group. Yeah. yeah. So I've been mm. going to yeah, that, there's but... lots of that happening. I went to the uh, lead playtest one as well, which was oh, you did, yeah, interesting. Saw a few different people. I was in uh, Travelling Man, which I haven't been to before, and I haven't. I wouldn't say I've really been to it again because I went in, went straight out to the playtesting, and they finished just as the <laughs> shop was closing, so I never got to look around the shop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was what, what, what the plan was. Oh well, yeah. you probably saved yeah. a few hundred quid, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would be the danger. Yeah. I've, I've been to that one in Leeds a couple of times. I didn't realise it was like a play space as well. Is it downstairs? Is it? Yeah, it's all hidden away. They hide oh, the right. entrance behind yeah. a bamboo screen, and you go oh. go into the secret vault downstairs. <laughs> okay. I've not yeah. been to these. Well, I've been I to the York been. one a couple of times, but not the Leeds one. Oh yeah. 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 See, I, I've dabbled in the uh, Manchester travelling map. So mm. we've all um, so, uh, t- tasted a different flavour of travel, man. <laughs> yes. Alas, it's term time, so um, I've had some six-day weeks, so it's been a little quieter for me. So, But I am going to Legoland on Sunday, so I'm going to make nice. up for it. Nice. Oh, is that the one in... Is it Windsor? In Windsor, yes. Yeah. So whilst it's yeah. trickier for me to get to those shows up um, in Leeds, etc., Getting to Legoland's a lot closer, and there is a another convention due to be coming up in the next uh, couple of weeks, which is Aircon um, Aircon Northwest, I think they call it. Yeah, in Manchester. Manchester. Yeah, eighth, ninth, and tenth of uh-huh. December. Yeah, I think I'm too, I've been too busy. Too busy, I think, in the end, never got around to planning anything. I may manage one of the one of the three days. I think, yeah. but I'm not sure which. Where in Manchester is it being held? 
Fairly central, actually. There's um, uh, I don't know what it's called, the central conference place, but it's it's really handy for all the train stations. It's not far away right. from uh, Oxford Road, I think. But yeah, it's it's pretty good. It's not like Man- it's, they call it Manchester and it's out in Eccles or something. Yeah. It's actually mm-hmm. properly central in Manchester. Yeah. That should be good. Yeah, because I went to Tabletop Gaming Live, also in Manchester, about a year ago. And I yes. think it was the Victoria Centre, and it was horrible. So, it, it? and I was told... It's an old warehouse thing. Yeah, and yeah. it was v- very much a case of, yeah, this isn't very nice. And I was told, oh, but, you know, everywhere else is expensive. Oh, yeah, I've just had a look at it. Um, It's at Manchester Central. I went to a Snow Patrol gig there. Um, fifteen plus years ago, it's really nice as a venue. Mm-hmm. Yes, and actually, yeah, it looks it would, like it should be yeah, good. No, it should be good. I'll be looking looking forward to listening to how it went on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Aircon team have obviously been putting on great shows in Harrogate for a few years. I don't know um, whether it's exactly the same people doing the uh, spin-off ones. Uh, they've got Aircon... Um, south, isn't there, as well? Southwest somewhere. Aircon South. I can't remember where that was now, was it? Bristol, was it? Somewhere, somewhere outside Birmingham. Birmingham, Bristol, <laughs> somewhere, I can't remember now. Yeah. And this uh, Aircon one in Manchester as well. I mean, they've got a long way away from the River Air now. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's now a brand. Mm. Yeah, it's good It's good they're expanding out, though, because uh, I guess if it's just in one place and it's like once a year, then you don't get... You, there's a lot of people that can't get to it or... Either yeah. because of the dates or because it's too far or whatever, but it's good that yeah. there's lots of them sort of dotted about now. That's really good. I, th- I think yeah. it's just the northwest at the moment. That's all I can see. Mm. But maybe they've got plans to, you know, to, to go elsewhere. I think there was Gridcon that was down this way. Yeah, and and more shows can only be a good thing. Okay, okay. So we uh, uh, we mentioned that this is episode fifty of our podcast. We've been doing it for a while now. So I thought we'd uh, we'd look back at the first episode that we did. So um, oh all, all that <laughs> all that time ago, baby step. Yeah, yeah we uh, none of us have, when we were young and beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yes. none of us had ever done anything like this before. Uh, so it was all kind of uh, a bit new to us. Um, we, I think we're getting a bit we're getting a bit more into it now, and we're getting a bit better at like expressing ourselves and and record getting the recording up and things like that. But uh, the first episode that we did was June 2019. Ah, different, different time. Different time. Yeah, we say different time entirely. Yeah, so wow. it was, uh, yeah, <laughs> a different world then. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but we talked about Six Gun Showdown. Uh, oh yeah, I think mm-hmm. I've heard I th- of that game. I think yeah. it was either just yeah. funded or it was on its way to funding. It had just funded, and I had great plans for 2020, yeah. and then something yeah. happened in 2020 <laughs> yeah. completely. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Yamatai, which I haven't played since. I played it a couple of times at the club, and then I've seen it anyway since. So no. I enjoyed it when I played it, but yeah, yeah, I haven't played, I played that it a couple of times. Yeah, enjoyed I played it. I played it. I played it. Paulie G come once. All oh, right, yeah, a long yeah. time ago. Uh, a game called Steamrollers. I don't think I played that one. That must have been one of you guys. No, played no, no, I've never played that one. Yeah. Um, I recognise the name, yeah. but um, so yeah, we kept it going even through uh, through the pandemic. We started playing a few games online so we talked about that and we're still playing with our partners and things so yeah we managed to keep it going so yeah we've i, th- I think i'm really proud of what we've done so far and uh, uh, yeah it's been great uh, that you guys have been involved and uh, i just want to say thank you for coming on and talking you're welcome uh, yeah yeah it's, it's been fun it's been good yeah it's been fun yeah yeah I think uh, there's some ridiculous statistic, like 90% of podcasts don't reach episode 8 or something. So, you know, 50. Mm, yeah. Hey. Celebrate yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah. Thank you for editing 
yes. episodes. Yeah, yeah, we just do the easy bit of coming along Mug. and uh, chatting. chatting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of podcasts that are like in the 500 episodes area, but yeah. then they release like one every week or a couple every week. Yeah. Uh, whereas our, ours are obviously every month, so that's why that's why yeah, it, it, it's a little lesser on number, but it's still it's still if we quite get five hundred. That'd be impressive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. rather on the next fifty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So, shall we talk about some of the board games we've been playing then? Yep, I think so. Okay, not? Yeah, go for it. We've got an order this time. I'm going first. <laughs> go on, so the first one um, that I've been playing is a, a, a new game called Rome in a Day. This yeah. is a split and choose game so I've, I've played a couple of these I splitting you choose games and I've heard of this about like when, when you were kids as well people sometimes say oh when we were kids if you got like a pie and you want to divide it between you and your brothers or whatever one person divides it but then the other person gets to pick which piece he wants so it makes it equal and it makes it even hmm. um, but basically it's splitting up okay. splitting up kind of something and then you get a choice of which, which one you want so Ro- Roman Day is themed about oh I don't know Putting tiles down in Rome, <laughs> something. The, the theme's Rome not, in a day, I guess. The theme's not really relevant, to be honest. It's um, it's uh, hexagon, hexagonal tiles, and you get five of these tiles with uh, a building on a couple of them, and the building score your points. So you hide these behind a screen, and then you divide it into two sections, so um, two two lots of tiles, uh, and then you reveal your screen. Everybody does this all at the same time, and then you pick from. Uh, one of the other persons. So to your right, you'll pick one of their lots that they've got. So they've got two lots that are divided up. You'll take those, put them into your tableau of tiles, connecting them how you want to connect them. And you'll score points depending on where the buildings are and the tile type. So there's like green ones that are like meadows, or there's uh, mountains and rocks and fields and things like that, different, different colours. And then you do it again, but you'd go anti-clockwise this time. So you get some more sets, you divide it up, and then the person... You're sending them off to your person to your left rather than to your right. It's a it's a really short game. It's only like twenty minutes once you've kind of explained it. Um, so it's, it does kind of fa- fall into that filler category. But um, yeah. because of the tiles, I think, and because of the because of the shields that you're sort of hiding behind and things like that, it does feel like a more substantial game. But it's not. It's really, it's really sort of straightforward. And the, and the difficult bit about it is obviously you can see what other people want and how they're going to score there. It's got their areas. So if you're building up like a big green area and you haven't got any buildings on it yet, you need a, a green building. So you desperately want a green building from one of your, you know, one of the lots that people are putting together. Mm. But they can see you've got a, a large green area that's not scoring any points yet. So they're going to put that building, you know, on its own and put the other tiles off to one side. So it makes it harder for you to get that. But you might be tempted to go for the other tiles anyway because it's still quite a lot of, quite a lot of tiles to add to your tableau. Perhaps you'll get a mm. green building from somewhere else in a later round. I think it's four rounds in there, so it's not yeah. not not a lot of rounds. But it's it's like that's why it's really quick. I think. Um, yeah, so I think I think it was a good game. I quite enjoyed it, but I think it's pretty simplistic. I think um, once you've played it, you've pretty much seen everything there is there is to it. And I yeah. think I've played it. Right. I've played it three times so far, and uh, there's also a gem mechanic. So when you're splitting your tiles up, you've got five tiles that you put into two lots. So you could do a zero and a five, or a one and a four, or how, you can split them however you want. Two and a three, uh, two and a three. Uh, but with the with the lowest number of tiles, you also put a gem on it as well. Uh, and if you take the lowest, so if you take the, if you've got a two and a three, you'll put a gem on the twos, and then whoever takes the twos will take a gem as well. 
and you also get exponential points for any gems you've got at the end of the game that you've collected. And I think all the times that I've I've played it, they've kind of been the the one that's tipped over the points, the person that's got the most gems. So I don't know if that's always the case or if it's been designed that way. But it it does seem a bit odd that they added up to so many points when you when you're looking at that. But um, other than that, yeah, it's, it, it is where it is. It's a kind of quick 20-minute filler game. Mm. Um, you can play it. It's pretty easy to explain, pretty easy to to play. And then within half an hour, you're done. I've played one of those three games with you, Rick, mm. um, and quite enjoyed it. It sort of it sort of feels like a cross between King Domino and Isle of Sky a bit. It's got mm. sort of the King Domino type of scoring, number of buildings in the area, times the size of the area. Mm. And then the Isle of Sky bit with kind of offering lots of tiles and things and other people take those potentially and you left with some kind of reminded me of that yeah the tile in bit is yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the gems might I was just thinking the gems might be important um, because as you were saying in one of your examples if you you know you put you try and sort of put what somebody wants in a smaller lot so they only get a few bits so therefore they mm. get the gem as well mm. so if they're, if they're taking the smaller lots because that's the bits they really want they're also going to get the gems mm. so there's maybe, there's maybe an element of that as well I don't know but yeah, I find it quite. It's actually for a twenty-minute game. It was surprisingly head scratchy trying to work out how to devalue tiles. Mm. Sort of, what what do I want? Because there's what what do I think I'm going to get from my two piles? What does the person on my left or right who's going to be choosing those? Which of these do I think they're going to take? What yeah. do I think they want? But then there's also what am I going to potentially be taking from the person that I'm taking from, and you know what they're going to be splitting up into? Yeah, yeah. So there's sort of three three bits of things that you might or might not get. <laughs> I think each time I've explained it as well, that bit is a little bit confusing. Which way? Which way you're taking yeah, tiles the, the, from? Yeah, the card for that wasn't the, most, wasn't the most helpful. helpful yeah, illustrated not, card. It was a little. It's bit, not brilliant, is it? I mean, once you once you've played it, it kind of makes sense. Once you've got the hang of it, it made yeah it made sense. But that felt like it was responsible for the most most of the headaches yeah. that we seem to be yeah. having in the game I played. Mm. Yeah, I quite like it. And as you said, the, the theme is a bit patient. Yeah, um, <laughs> doesn't nothing whatsoever to do with Rome. Yeah. No, but it's the phrase Rome wasn't built in a day. So if you're built yeah. building a city quickly, I think it's not literally to do with Rome. I yeah. think it's the phrase. Yeah, it's I just like yeah. the little sort of uh, cut out buildings. Um, yeah. So they seem to have a bit more detail than the tiny towns type buildings. So they seem quite cute in that respect. Yeah, yeah they are surprisingly detailed, like little wooden buildings. Yeah, yeah, they're okay. They're they're all different shapes, and it's quite easy to discern which ones are which. So that's fine. Mm-hmm. And the the colours on the tiles are fine as well. They seem quite easy to to tell apart. So apart from the apart from the passing, which way you pass in the card, that you, just to explain that. Oh, and the shields. I think they have the. Um, the round on the back as well, the round structure. So on the back of the shields, you know, where you hide your lots behind, it kind of gives yeah. you like some icons, it tells you how it works and everything. I mean, it, it's, as I commented on when I was when I was playing, they're, they're, they're fine if you know what all they all yeah, means. Yeah. <laughs> they're no good for learning. No, no, you can't learn from it, but it's just as a reminder. It's, uh, so it's like, it's... it's it, they could have left them blank or yeah, just put it's not, a le- it's not It's not a learning game, but it's a reminder. Yeah, you know, but apart from that, yeah, it was, it was all right. So yeah, that was, that was the first game I've played, Roman a day. I'll continue the uh, Ice Bit YouTube theme. Um, okay. Because uh, one thing I've been playing recently, well, I tried it when I went to uh, another board games club I've been uh, cheating on you <gasps> with uh, Beyond Monopoly in York <laughs> I went over oh there uh, and they've got um, a cupboard full of games and they've got some uh, quite a selection of uh, older ones as well as some of the new good ones mm. so when I, I go over there occasionally like maybe once a year or something and generally sort of try these old classics I've not never had a chance and this one was uh, San Marco 
This is a game from 2001 by Alan Moon of Ticket to Ride fame. Oh, right, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nominated for the Spiel des Jahres, so, you know, it's well thought of in its day. Uh, and it's okay. looking at the picture of it, it looks like a 2001 game. It does. It <laughs> looks. It's got a sort of. It's got a very distinctive art style, which is very pretty and very arty, but very much of its time. I don't think you get anything looking like that now. It looks, it's the sort of artwork you find in like late 90s, early 2000s. <laughs> and then the, 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 the ubiquitous kind of wooden pieces. Yes. Like played wooden yeah. cubes and discs and things and set of yes, little ports cards of that kind of thing. Yeah. The bridges are nice. You've got, yeah, uh, it's, it's set in Venice, and um, you've got little wooden bridges that you can set, a, set to uh, link up the various different regions. Uh, what you're actually doing in the game... It's like playing the bridges of Königsberg with it. Yes, yes, a little bit like that. <laughs> uh, what you're actually doing in the game is trying to manoeuvre your cubes into the various different areas for an area control sort of scoring bit. And you do this with various different cards. A card, one one card might allow you to place cubes in a particular area. Like if you've got the, um, I can't remember in the area. So well, San Marco is one of the areas. If you've got the San Marco card, you can place yeah. a cube in the San Marco area. Yeah. But other the other cards like may enable you to place a bridge with which you control by placing one of your cubes on it to show it's your bridge. Another one might enable you to switch an opponent's cube for one of your cubes in any area and another one might enable you to get rid of loads of cubes and that's a bit random because you if you do this you roll the dice and get rid of that many cubes which might if you roll too many you end up getting rid of your own accidentally anyway yes um but one of the cubes is the scoring what sorry one of the cards is the scoring card and when this is played that's when if you're the one that plays it you decide where the doge goes which area goes so that area scores so that's quite oh. a powerful card to have. Mm-hmm. But there's an I-split-you-choose mechanic in, in dis- distributing the cards at the start of each round. Because uh, one person, a mm. uh, different person each time, gets the gets a selection of cards, which may be all these great things, and a selection of, uh, I think they call limit cards, which are numbered one to three. And basically, you want to have the lowest number of them. If somebody hits 10, that's the end of the round, and then whoever's got the least gets an extra bonus and benefit of more points and the chance to, to totally get rid of loads of other points, loads of other cubes. Mm. Um, so someone picks these cards, distributes them into different piles, and then someone picks, like, oh, this card's got, got a doge and a bridge. That's great, but I'll get four points of limit cards. That's bad. So they take their turn and do something and may score some points and someone does something and gets a bridge and someone does something and gets another couple of cubes in some places. And every so often, uh, the limit cards will hit enough points to have a to move on to the next phase and then you do it all again and three phases of that and the game finishes and whoever's got the most points wins. It worked out... Uh, it. I don't know about I split you choose. I'm not sure I'm a fan of the, the mechanism, to be honest. Mm. I don't know. Um, it seems like there's a not. I prefer more direct. I do this and then this happens. Mm. I split you choose. You kind of going. I don't know what to do. Uh, <laughs> I'll do this and then something might happen, but I'm not sure exactly what. I mean, it, there were some clever things I could do. Like, mm. and on the last turn, I split them into three... Um, it was a free player game, so I split it into three 
different sets, and one of them was absolutely rubbish for everybody except me. So obviously they let me have that, uh, and then I got lots of points at the end, which was quite clever. I felt good about that. Yeah. But um, it, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it was a good game, and it lasted about an hour, which is a good length of time, and there was lots mm-hmm. of toing and froing with the, with the scoring, and uh, yeah, I think it was a good game, but I think it's sort of slightly of its time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it, I think it's I think games more these days have more sort of direct direct uh, you know instant uh, feedback things so that you can yeah. right. immediately get the, the brain tickle of I do a thing and something good happens mm. uh-huh. but yeah but yeah I, I think it's a so good have game have you played Venice then it. by Brain Crack where you're moving around the canals of Venice and you've got um, bridges and placing cubes and things so no, I think um, they've got a sort of series of um, European cities games like Florence and Ragusa but, yeah, but Venice do, is one I haven't it, played. It reminded yeah. me of that when you showed when I looked at the board for San Marco. Yeah. So yeah, there's that that might sort of you know your instant I do this and and where you do have to plan what you're doing and how you you interact with others because you have a limited space. So that might yeah. be the slightly younger better model perhaps yeah i mean it was a, it was a very good game i think it was just you know slightly convoluted mm. the uh the mechanisms of mm-hmm. it and i can see why it was recommended for spiel of yaras because it was a, a clever mechanism mm. but yeah i i'm glad i played it mm-hmm. i'm not sure i'll be getting it it's <laughs> okay. um fair enough yeah it's, it's one of the ones that's sort of um a semi-classic like it's not like it's in the top thousand, or board game geek, just about. And there's a lot of good games. So top thousand, you generally get good yeah. games. Mm, yeah. And this is one of them. So, um, so during the half term, I went round to friends with my son, and he'd had a delivery. Kickstarter delivery. It was oath sworn, and I've got to find the thing to remember. They're into the deep wood, mm-hmm. and by a delivery, it literally was something the size of a toddler that weighed something the size of a newborn or bigger. You know, there's about three boxes of minis, um, and some of them you got to open, and some were, no, this is hidden box, because uh, yeah. he yeah. went all in. Um, the option was, if you didn't want to sort of spend half your mortgage for the month, um, you got the standees option. So instead of opening mystery box A, you got to open with slightly less fanfare, uh, but considerably lighter, smaller, cheaper, open mystery envelope mm-hmm. pay. Anyway, it is a, a campaign game where there's two halves. The first half is um, you arrive at the... We only played the first bit. You arrive at the city and you're investigating things before you get onto the miniatures phase. And it's quite nice. There's an app with it, so you can play... The, the biggest frustration is... You can't pause and restart. You can pause, I seem to recall it was pause and have to go back at the beginning. So moving through what was being said, a little trickier, but there was an app. Mm. So you play a scene and a bit like a choose your own adventure, you get to choose what you do next. And so it affects how the story moves it um, and what options are available on the city. And if you get to the end of the city phase by a certain point, 
you get some benefits, but if you take too long, then it starts becoming negative, you know, or less nice things happening. So mm. we were able to complete the city phase after some other incidents happened, but before um, the last cutoff bit, which meant we got an extra special item Ooh. when we completed the miniatures phase. <laughs> uh, and it was quite nice, you know, it was very much wanting to be, we are dark, don't you know? <laughs> so started off that the intro, you know, had production value. It wasn't just some guy reading. They put some special effects into the app. Um, and so, yes, it was the wire road where your company of bots um, were making their way to the city and the road was literally you're going through a swamp and you've got to hold on to the wire. Otherwise, you're going to get lost yeah. and sucked down into the gunge mm. and everything. And there's not nice things. Anyway, we spent, you do, you do that and it's all about choices for the first bit. Occasionally, you have to do some dice rolls. You have to make some choices as to where you're spending your money. So it's quite nice in that respect. Mm. Um, and then the second part is, right, you've unleashed the monster. Go open the box see what you're facing and spoiler alert but everyone will encounter this one it's a dirty great big rat mm. and other things and it was quite nice you know we we screwed up a little bit with how we're supposed to interact for the first couple of turns because well i'll talk about the mechanic because of the way in which you deal with the combat and with the cards you've got but the first round really the only choices you've got is which characters you're taking, but you can't customise them. That's sort of from the end of each encounter. That's when you get to customise. And so as you go through the campaign, you'll be able to customise your individual character, choose which particular options of cards you're taking, what weapons you've got. And the miniatures, you're able to take off weapons and replace them with your upgraded weapons. Oh, cool. So they're quite cool in that respect. Yeah. So um, I had the um, warrior bear and swapped out, um, I think, the starting hammer that he came with for two um, flails. And so you just literally took the arms off and put, um, with the, ha the double-handed hammer, and put the flails on. And it just fit quite nicely, and that worked really well. Gameplay-wise, there were some bits where the rules we didn't understand properly, but that's why we made sure we had the time. But what was cool was you had a hand of seven cards and they each had a cooldown value and they each did a certain thing. And when you would play a card, you'd place it on the cooldown value on the edge of the board, um, your player board. And so you've got side three, side two, side one and side zero. And so if you placed your um, number, your card that had a cooldown of two, um, you place it at the two bit at the top, it would push everything that was in that position along. And that would push whatever was in the one position along to zero. And anything that was in zero would go back into uh, your hand. Yeah, yeah. So you had an element of hand management mm. for your attacks and other things. And if you did get attacked, you could play a card for a defense bonus. And so you'd put that again on your player board and push things around. So how you made your attacks and what combination of your things was really quite important. And that's what we took a while to really work out how it moved around and the directions and things. Mm. Because I think we were moving things 
clockwise because it felt normal to us, but I think it was supposed to be anti-clockwise or the other way around, if that makes mm. sense. So it wasn't a big boo-boo, but just a little bit of one. But it was quite a nice game. It would be interesting to see what happens once we got through the next sort of story and scenario elements to see how the story goes. But for a principle, it's, it's nice. There's good production values. But if you really want to get a lot out of it, you are going to need to invest. Mm. Because <laughs> it is a big game in terms of stuff. And currently, it is ranked 126 on Board Game Geek. But I think it is just because of the, ooh, cool models, cool ideas. Mm. I, I would personally feel I have played better gamey games right but it, it is nice yeah and there's lots of nice things in there this is what i've seen it is expensive this is what i've seen that looks interesting yeah you were saying about the uh, the first boss that you fight um it's on the front cover i think isn't it but i've seen it i've seen it in yeah. the uh, in the shop so it must have been the retail edition and yeah you're right it's a it's a big massive box even just the best game on its own you, you've got two things a you get better stuff mm. but b you get more skills as right, well yeah, yeah. and so um, you can only take seven cards into the encounter so part of the story element is finding out what nasty you're going to be fighting against mm. because you don't know that and so you if you know what you're going to be fighting when you've got a selection of cards to choose from that can be I'm, I'm assuming because I've not got there yet but that is what the intent mm. is that you chip, you go, ah, we know it's going to be something like this, so therefore I will take card X uh, instead of Y because it's better to deal with that yeah, kind yeah. of n nasty. Mm. And yeah, because the first one is that dirty, great, big rat beastie. Mm. So you actually, yeah, less spoiler alert because it's on the front cover. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yes, you ha have little choice. It is just literally letting you into the story there are different ways to get to that encounter and then yeah afterwards you'll get to do the customising um, mm. and work your way through the endless pile of boxes yeah if I, if I had a group that we could get together on a regular basis and play this yeah I'd be all in on that one it sounds brilliant yeah yeah mm. yeah well we're hoping over Christmas to get game two and possibly game three done oh cool but it, it took us a while to get to the how does this work we hadn't opened it up and mm. so it's a case so you've got all the punch this out shuffle this deck work out what's going on yeah and now that we've done that 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 is definitely a long period for the first time yeah. where you're going there is just so much stuff to sort <laughs> out and organize take a deep breath mm -hmm. go for it mm -hmm. after that groovy but just that first bit was a bit daunting. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought to honour the 50th podcast, I would do games beginning with letter L. Oh, I noticed that you had uh, lots of beginning with L, but didn't recognise the uh, uh. Roman numeral mechanism. <laughs> <laughs> um, Little reference. Uh, so, although, admittedly, I've only played one of them recently. But, oh, well. um, <laughs> yeah. So I will start with the simplest of the three. One... And the oldest of the three, probably the oldest game we'll talk about today. Um, and that is the L game. Mm -hmm. From all the way back in 1968, invented by Edward de Bono. Wow. 
I remember playing this mm-hmm. when I... It was in one of his books about, I don't know, the lateral thinking one, I think. <laughs> yeah, I haven't... I think my, my dad had a copy of this, so I might have played it when I was even younger and even more beautiful than I mentioned <laughs> at the start. Yeah, yeah same with me. Um, but my... I played my uncle's copy a few years ago when I was down at his house, it's and he very kindly allowed me to take it with him. It's got very nice pieces. It's about um, as minimal as a game can be, really, isn't it? Yeah, that was the... I was looking at the uh, description of it. That was one of the ideas. It was uh, trying to make the simplest real game... Well, it's just called the simplest real game ever invented. Hmm. And that was kind of the idea of it. Yeah, he's <laughs> so never one for underselling himself with Edward de Bono. No. <laughs> so you have you have an L-shaped piece each, like a bit like a Tetris piece, Tetris L. And on your turn, you, you start in a particular configuration, and then on your turn, you move your L to some somewhere else, and that can include flipping it over, as well as just moving and rotating. And then you move one of the two neutral pieces to a different space. The idea being um, to stop your per- your opponent from being able to reposition their L on the board, at which point you win. That is basically the game. Right. It's a two-player game, <laughs> but I thought it was something a little bit different for the podcast. Um, I remember this being... It is actually quite surprising that there is any play at all in this game. <laughs> it's such a simple rule set. Is it, yeah. is it like played yeah. on a grid, then? It's like a chess Yeah, it's a 4x4 four four grid. Yes, yeah, a 4x4 oh, right, four okay. grid. Um, with you. Yeah. So the, so the L is like a corner piece, then? It's like made up of squares that... Yeah, it's like grid, a, Is that right? Yeah. It's like, like, it's like the Tetris L shape, essentially. Oh, OK. Right. Yeah. Four, yeah. Tet- it's, two, it's a 2x3. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and the neutral um, pieces that you move, are they, are they L-shaped they're in, as well? They're individ- no, they're just indiv- two, two individual squares. Okay, right. Mm. So it's on BGG. So you kind of box in, you kind of box in the other player's to, L, is that...? Essentially, trying to right. put it so that they... they only until you take your L off the board, then you've got to put it back on in a different position. Yeah. yeah. Re-position, reposition it, so you try to block them so that when they take it off, it can't go back, and the other place it can go is where it was, essentially. Right. It can't go back on anywhere else. So, so this isn't like a homemade thing. This is like a proper published game, is it? Is it like... um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you could was. quite easily make your own version, probably. I yeah, we did. Yeah, five bits of worlds. <laughs> um, it's not difficult. Yes, yeah, interesting little thing. I'm, I'm, I'm sure this is one of them that is uh, pretty easily solved, like a bit beyond tic tac toe, but not for crosses, rather. But yeah. uh, I, I mean, when I played it, you know, as a eight year old, it seemed like <laughs> there were lots of possibilities, but. <laughs> Maybe I could solve it now. I mean, one of the one of the things is it's meant is the one of the conditions is that it was the game would not be determinate. I believe it's therefore not not determinate, so you can't you know the time player isn't always going to win. Mm. Um, there's obviously different yeah. different strategies. Uh, back to Rick then. Right, my next one is another yeah. old classic game. This is a game called Zuloretto. Oh, yeah. um, this is from two thousand and seven. But I believe there's a new version coming out that's um, uh, been slightly upgraded and got a new, a new facelift, uh, new artwork and stuff. So uh, it is still available, this one, but it's a, it's a classic family game that's been out for, for quite a while now. Another Spiel winner, possibly. It's, I can see the red logo in the corner, but I can't actually read it. It's either a nominated or a winner, I'm not sure. But basically it's a, it's a zoo-building game. So each player has their, their own zoo, which is made up of empty pens. And, oh, it was uh, a winner, sorry. Uh, 2007 Spiel of the Hours winner. Yeah. It is a winner, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so each player has their own zoo, which is made up of pens, and these trucks are delivering animals, which are tiles, uh, and you're basically putting them into your pens to score points. Uh, so on your turn, you can uh, draw a tile from a, from a bag with blind light, which will be 
uh, an animal and then you can put it onto one of the trucks that's one of the things you can do uh, and these trucks they have enough space on for three animals so they'll gradually fill up as people put um, animals into into the trucks uh, and then the other thing you can do is you can take one of the trucks and all the animals on it and then put that into your zoo so why would you not just wait until one's full and then put everything in there well the reason why is that the pens can only hold so many animals so you've got pens of different sizes so let's say you've got a space five pen you can only hold five animals if you take more than five if you if you take another one of those animals that's in that pen it it's negative points it goes into like a separate area and it costs you points at the end of the game right. so you want to be and there's quite a, i think there's like eight different animals and there's um only four or five different pens so you might potentially mm. take animals where you can't actually fit them into your fit them into your pens anywhere at, at all and again they're going to go off the board onto a separate area and that's going to cost you points as well so it's kind of like a, a split and choose game, but not quite, where you're kind of looking at what other people want and what they've got in their zoos already. Oh, he does, doesn't want a panda, he wants a giraffe, but uh, he wants the giraffes over there, so I'll put this with this other one over here, and perhaps he'll end up with a truck with like three pandas on it, and then someone's forced to take it, or it might be a mix of different animals. Um, and that's essentially it. It's you, you're basically um, trying to make it so that you get what you want out of these um, uh, out of these animals that are being delivered, and 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 it's going to score your points uh, and stop your opponents. Um, there's also coins as well in there. There's a coin action that you can do. So the coin action can open up a new pen. You can spend a couple of coins to to give yourself some extra room. Um, you can swap an animal with another player for a coin. So if a, if a player's move can't fit an animal into their pen and it goes off to one side, you can trade with them and buy it from them. Um, there's a couple of little bits as well. Uh, that's pretty much it. You keep going around until the tiles uh, are all gone, and then you uh, add up all your points. So any any pens that you've managed to fill will score full points. Uh, any pens that have got one space missing, so they fall apart from one animal uh, from one space, they'll score you some points, but not as much as having it full up. And then you lose points for any animals that aren't actually in a pen that are being put off to one side. So yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. Um, I think for the base game, it's pretty all right. It's a nice, like, quick family game. It takes like forty-five minutes to play. The one that I've got, uh, I picked it up from like um, uh, a bring and buy. Uh, so it's got a couple of little mini expansions in there as well. So I think I think you'll probably need those if nice. you're playing it a lot. Um, you'll need those to make it a bit more interesting. It adds like um, a, a petting zoo, and there's a couple of other bits. There's a polar bear, I think, as well in there somewhere, mm-hmm. which don't come in the base game. That I think. There's loads of expansions for this. There's like little mini expansions and extra animals, and there's a there's a marine one as well, like an underwater one, I think. It's called mm-hmm. Aquaretto, which makes it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, if you if you want to like a quick family game that you can play with anybody, um, the base game's yeah. pretty good. I think it's still a fairly well thought of game. I've not, I don't think I've ever actually played Zoloretto, but I've played Coloretto, which is the card game with a similar sort of it's a mechanic. Similar... Yeah, well, thing isn't it? I think Where you just adds some more elements. To you, it. you can take so many, but you don't want to take too many. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yeah, that's the thing. Yes, I've not, I've not played Zuluetto. I remember playing the dice game once in a Sunday session. Yeah, that was probably mine. I, I bought that as well. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think it was yours, right? Yeah. That's. A, I've, I've, I saw you play Zuluetto in the club fairly recently. Yeah. But, um, yeah. 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 It, it is fairly straightforward. It's not particularly deep or taxing. And like I say, once we've played it a couple of times, I think it probably will become. A little bit same just because you're doing the same thing round after round but uh, like I said yeah. plenty of expansions you can add in to, to mix things up Family and, uh, and, the, and the new version looks quite nice as well the new version looks 
Yeah. Looks well, quite I'll have good. to try that at some point. Everyone yeah. loves cute animals. <laughs> and it has cute animals, yeah. It's got pandas mm. and it, chimpanzees, yeah. giraffes, yeah, things like that. Coloretto just has chameleons in various different colours. Yeah. I don't know why I, why I played that one rather than Loretto because, you know, the colours are a bit of a problem for me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an older game that's kind of held up and it's yeah, it's still alright. That's uh, Zularetta. Yeah, we've got a few of them older games talking about mm. this time. It's not all cult yeah. around here, is it? <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to talk about uh, Blue Moon City now, which is 2006. Okay. I've, I've always wanted to try this one. I've seen it a few times. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's... I played it yet. Uh, Rainer Knizia, who's done five million games, yeah. has got um, <laughs> some games that are considered like classics, you know, RAR and Tight with New Breakers, and Blue Moon City is one of them as well. And it, mm. uh, I think the Dice Tower did a recent video ranking their top 100 Rainer Kitsia games. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, Tom Vassell and Mike Delisio <laughs> both had them. And, you know, so was, and Blue Moon Jesus. City came, um, I, I don't know if it was it was it was definitely near the top. I don't 19, know if it might have actually right. been the top, you know, uh, averaging their two scores. <laughs> right. wow. yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, definitely still one of his well-regarded games, uh, mm. even you know, seventeen years later. And yeah, um, Mike at the club brought it. Has brought it last couple of weeks, mm. so that had a chance to play it, and they had it in York as well. So I had to go there, and uh, yeah, this is it. Still holds up. It's a really good game. I think you should play it. Mm. <laughs> I should probably tell you a bit about it. It's um, yeah, uh, area control. So you've got a grid of tiles. They've got various different points uh, you can win uh, by paying the right amount of a certain colour. Like there might be a tile which has a, a five, a four, a four, and a three in blue. So you could go move your little pawn around the grid to that point, uh, to that place. Mm-hmm. So on your, uh, a standard movement, you can move two spaces. You can go to there and pay a certain amount of cards. You pay four worth of blue cards and put a marker on one of them four blue spaces. And now you have a marker there. And when that's filled up, you'll see who's got the most things on it. And they get a reward. Everyone else gets a smaller reward, as well as the reward of any other completed tiles surrounding it. So, uh, as you go through the game, more of these... They start off with blueprints, and when you turn them over, they become actual buildings. You're, re- you're mm-hmm. rebuilding this city. I don't know. The theme. Right. Yeah, yeah, theme. <laughs> Who cares? Um, when the tile scores, you, you, because it scores all the... Uh, you get a little bonus from every surrounding tile the rewards gradually get bigger and bigger as you go through the game mm-hmm. but the rewards aren't directly points what you what you're earning in that uh, are either crystals or dragon scales the crystals are what you use to build the big obelisk thing in the middle of the board so you have to go back to the middle and remember, on this grid, you can only move two spaces on your turn. So if you've gone all the way over there to get that great tile that you have that you had all the right cards for, then you've got to come all the way back over several moves <laughs> to the middle to spend your crystals to build the next bit of the obelisk. Mm. And the first few bits of the obelisk cost seven crystals, and next one after that is like the two spaces that give you eight, that cost eight, and then it gets nine, and and it gets more and more expensive. 
So you might have enough to build it, but then someone builds builds one and now you don't have enough because it suddenly got more expensive. <laughs> uh-huh. And it's a race to be the first person to have built four bits of the obelisk. The Dragon Scales is kind of its own separate little thing. Uh, every mm-hmm. Whenever the Dragon Scales run out, you see who's got the most, they get a reward. Who's got uh, more, uh, three or more, they get a smaller reward. And then all the Dragon Scales go back in. So that's a, a different way of earning... The, the crystals that you need for the obelisk so all of this is nice and neat uh, but in order to fill in all these spaces on the on the tiles you can as I say you can use four blues to fill in a four blue space but all of these different cards have different sort of powers to mess around with the rules like if you've got two browns they can count as two brown cards they can brown count as three of whatever colour you like or you can spend a white card to turn a different card into whatever colour you want. So I spend a white card to turn this black card, that black three, into blue, and now I can afford to fill up blue again. So you're, you're spending, and you can spend cards to move further around the board or to summon dragons because there are four different colour, three different colour dragons. I think so. <laughs> um, that you want to witness you performing these good deeds in building the city so you can mm-hmm. play a card to summon the blue dragon to where you are and then you can play cards to build to contribute to this building of this uh, this tile mm. and the dragon says yes well done here have a reward <laughs> so <laughs> it there's several different elements uh, all of which involve you spending cards to make things better but then you've spent your cards it worked really nicely and like after like three turns, oh god, I can't remember who I was playing with now. But um, there was me and Ben who'd never played it before, hmm. and the other two had played it a few, several times over the last few weeks. So like after after a few turns, they'd all already got halfway through the, building all their obelisk stuff, and me and Ben were going right, we're we're not going to win. <laughs> but <laughs> but in building the obelisk, they'd spent all their stuff. So then me and Ben both got started cooperating and say oh if you build that one I'll build this one Um, and we could stop them getting that if you build it first and we managed and it it ended up being really tight I mean one person managed to get their fourth thing down and everyone else was on like three uh, and was uh, was like almost ready to build their last one so it's ended up I don't know if it's it's beautifully designed to always end up in such a sort of tight Mm. finish or whether we were just it just had a good game, but yeah, it ended up as a really, really good play experience. And and every sort of, and the different interactions of the cards give it sort of sets up these little puzzles. Like I want to do that. Is there some combination of these cards and will enable me to do that? Uh-huh. Which yeah, is, which is nice. Sounds interesting. Yeah, little puzzles all the yeah. way through. Another one we'll have to try. Yeah, 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 I, yeah I would definitely good. recommend yeah. that one. Yeah. I think Mike's been bringing it the last few weeks, so maybe he'll bring it again. He said mm. he'd um, bought it off Lizzie years ago and never played it. All right. And then uh, when they did this, when the Dice Tower did their video, he thought, right, I should probably get that off the off the shelf and mm. actually play it. Yeah, there, I think there is another Blue Moon game as well. There is. There was a, a two-player game. A two, which is yeah, called Blue that's Moon. another one I want to try. And that came yeah. first, and then he did Blue Moon afterwards. So I have right. no idea how that right. one plays. Yeah. yeah. The, the, actually, I, I don't know whether this is all based on some other IP that I don't know about, because mm. there seem to be a lot of 
lore to all these elements of the game that right, yeah. didn't seem yeah. like it was it seemed like a bit it was going a bit deeper than was strictly necessary yeah. like all the blue cards are these fish people and it tells you all about the the what they do in the, in the blue moon society i don't know yeah, i wonder if it's based on a on a cartoon or a book or something then maybe yeah. i don't know yeah it seemed like yeah. a bit much to to do to do just for the game yeah yeah anyway yeah. yes yeah, sounds good. Yeah, yeah, I definitely want to try that one at some point. Yeah, sounds interesting. How, how long did it take? I think I think I saw you playing it, but I didn't see what time you finished. But mm. how, how long do you think it takes to play the game? Oh, I'm not sure. I think it was like between an hour and an hour and a half. I'm not sure right. exactly right. how long we played it. Yeah, yeah. It didn't take. It didn't overstay its welcome, though. But my next one is slightly older than um, I thought. It's merely 2021, so <laughs> definitely I'm going with Cult of the New. Um, it's Meadow. It's a pretty game. It, and basically, you are trying to create a, a meadow or um, a scene at the bottom, but also at the top, landscapes and images. So um, it's one to four players, and I played it with four people. And it, I, I think it works quite well. Board Game Geek says it's best with two or one to three. I really liked having it with four players because you have restrictions. You have eight rounds, and you are trying to place cards. So what you will do is you've got four markers and you will be placing the pointy end into a tableau. Basically, there is a four by four grid of cards and each of your pointers has got either number one, two, three or four. So you would put it into one of the notches and you'd collect the card that distance away. So it's either one card away, two cards away, three cards away, four cards away. So there's normally two different ways, sometimes even three different ways, to get to a particular card you want. So you would place this, get a card from that main tableau, and then play a card. So at the bottom, you start off with environments. So you've got forest, you've got sandy shores, you've got river sort of marsh area you've got um i'm sure i said sand but you've got rock and i think there's another one or two Mm. and you've also got some creatures and in order to be able to place um an environment you could do that regardless but you've only got a maximum of eight of those that you can play in order to play anything else you have to fulfill requirements that mention at the top of the card and you have to play on top of a card with a set requirement. So sometimes you will be playing a card, fulfilling a requirement, and then losing that icon. So you've got to keep an eye on what's Mm -hmm. available Mm -hmm. and what you can place. So you can build a hierarchy, but sometimes there are some cards, like most um, of the deer cards, you place that down and they don't have any predators. And so that's the end and nothing else could be placed on top of them and the cards have a different amount of points because by the end of the eight um, rounds whoever's got the most points wins so that's the bottom line you've then got a, a line on top of that and those are landscapes and generally in order to play a landscape you need to, to fulfill in the bottom area environments um, and the things on top of them certain symbols and then you can place a suitcase on a landscape as well to score extra points. So that's the second area of card placing. The third set of options you've got, there is a campfire. 
and um, you have got five slots where you can put the back part of your pointy arrow into here and activate a different ability. So instead of choosing the first, second, third or fourth card away from the arrow and then playing a card, these will enable you to do different things. So one of them enables you to pick any card on the tableau, but you can't play a card. One of them enables you to pick three cards from one of the three decks available. Choose a card from that and put the other two at the bottom. There was a third option that I cannot remember. And the fourth option you had was play two cards instead. So how you use those options, whether you point at a card, pick a card, play a card, or place one of the back ends in, hmm. really affects your game. But the other smart point is in the fireplace area, sorry, the um, bonfire area, hmm. um, there are icons. And so once you've done one of these special actions, if face up you have two of those icons that are next to each other, you get to put one of your scoring tokens. So if I had butterflies and paw prints face up and they happen to be next to each other, I could put start off with your two um, point marker, then there's the three point and the four point marker. So how you also claim those extra points is also important. So there's several different things to be thinking about. And of course, because there's limited number of places you can go, particularly with four players, you hit that point, which is, I've had all options to the card I really wanted scuppered, so I've now got to think on my feet, how do I salvage my turn? Which mm -hmm. is quite nice, I quite like that it's no overt, someone is absolutely trying to do you over, mm. but by them making the best decisions for themselves, it can be, it can have an impact on you, so you've got to react. And I like that. Yeah, there seems to be quite a lot of these kind of nature-themed games at the moment, where you, you're sort of playing with animals or plants or something like that. Yeah. Um, seems to be quite the popular theme there at the moment. Is how's the artwork? Is has this got the cute animals on and the? No, no. The, the, these are good artwork. Mm. They look realistic. There is a booklet that you get with it, so you can go. Oh this is quite nice and it will tell you what the actual animals are oh, right, that's good. or mm -hmm. for some of the landscapes as well so you go yeah. to it and it will say this landscape is in Denmark this is that so it actually oh, okay. um, mm -hmm. what was it someone said oh I placed down an adder and we looked at the thing and it went oh it says here it's the European Viper oh and we went the European Viper is what we as Brits call the adder so it's quite nice because you had someone mm -hmm. who was really into their sort of identifying biological things that mm -hmm. it they look good there mm -hmm. is that link. And so, yes, it's not just art for art's sake. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's not cartoony. It's properly... It looks good and seems to be pretty clear. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, sounds like another one we need to try out at some point. <laughs> it's long enough. It's a, You know, it says 60 to 90 minutes, and that feels about mm. right for us. Some, of, some people have played before, some of us hadn't. Mm. But, yeah, it, it's a solid mm. game. It will give your brain a bit of a workout but not leave you crying and going out the pain it, it's that nice sort of level okay samuel what's your next l game <laughs> okay well <laughs> next l game now uh whereas my next game is definitely one that is a bit headachey because i shall talk about lewis and clark which i played the most recent sunday session um and i've owned for a while i think i may have played this with you a number of years back uh, maybe I can't remember. 
It was in part the expedition, yes, 2013, so 10 years ago. Well, it's essentially a, a racing game. You're trying to race across, as the description says, from Missouri to Oregon, so from across across America. Just racing and sort of hand management. Exactly deck building, because you don't really have a deck. You always have all your cards in your hand, so it's more hand building than deck building. A key part of it is sort of, you know, be, being as efficient as you can be with your actions, because on your turn you'll either be playing a card um, or putting a, an Indian down, sort of work a placement style on the in the main board um, to take an action there and the card and board actions will give you one of the four main resources it's wood for food and equipment I think it is um, or it'll give you a, you can get secondary resources which are the boats and the horses or you can do a few other different things and moving along the, the river or the mountains um, as well the key point is that to, to uh, if you want to play a card you have to power it uh, either with another card or with an Indian or possibly both um, and you can have up from one to three power and that's sort of the number of times you, you do it so that's quite important because for example in a given set of you know if you've got six, you start with six cards in your hand so to start with you'll probably play three of those and power them with the other three of them so in any given and then you'll Pick them, up, pack them back up again so in every given sort of period between picking your hand back up and having played all the cards in it you'll actually only play about half of them mm-hmm. um, so part of it is working out which of the which which cards you want in your hand you want to play which ones you can use you can afford to use to power other ones right. especially if they've got higher power numbers on because you know for example for moving you want to try and move as far as you can so you want to ideally power that three times so you can do as much movement as possible so then it's about you know what card can I sacrifice and not use the effect of, but use it to, to power that kind of a thing. Um, or what resources do I not need to necessarily get at the moment, or could I get from the board instead with the Indians? Mm. Um, or maybe could I power this card with the Indians instead? Uh, and there's a market of cards that you can buy from that will cost you certain resources, and they'll do more fancy things, give you all, you know, different, you know, they might be able to get you different type, more than one type of resource at once, um, or give you different ways of, you know, different different ways of moving you can spend different mm. things with different amounts or do other things you can get you can get a try if you don't know what you're doing you could you, as one of the players i was playing with some of the sessions said you just just making mistake after mistake after mistake <laughs> and not not really doing it very efficiently right. um, and it certainly took me a few goes to get get the hang of how to do things because you sort of it sort of cycles around there's kind of a bit of like a gameplay cycle so you, you'll be playing cards and things until you're your sort of hands empty and then which will sort of culminate you in, in you moving and then you have to rest to pick everything back up again and that's when you sort of move your marker along but if you've still got if you've got too many resources on your boats or too many indians or you've still got cards left when you rest that that will count against you and see your marker will move back spaces so if you're doing it inefficiently you won't be moving very fast and right. um, much it'll take you much longer to move along mm. along the path Whereas if you do it nicely, you'll get to the point where you've rested, you've moved quite a long way and you'll, you'll not have any, any penalties because you've played all your cards nicely, you'll have, you'll have had the right amount of resources and that kind of thing. And the other feature it has is when you're sort of getting resources, you sort of you count up how many symbols for that resource there are on the cards you've played, but also on the cards of your two immediate neighbours. So as more cards go down, you'll get access to more resources. So somebody could play a, a wood card and charge it once and get one wood and somebody else could play one later in the round and power it once and get like six wood 
or power it twice and get 12 wood uh, or up to 12 wood yeah. just because there are more symbols down so right. um, although the game is quite nice you can take as much of that as you want you, you know you're not forced to take all 12 or mm. as much as you can fill up you can take how much you'd like so then that allows you to so then that then which is quite nice but then you're going well how much do I need you have to sort of think about similarly with Indians because it's actually nice to gather up all the Indians on the from the worker base a bit and then into the middle then take however many you want of those so you're sitting there calculating right I want one to do this I need two for that I want one for this <laughs> I want one to power that I need I could have an extra one but yeah so there's quite a lot of that figuring out mm. how to it's like quite a nice little puzzle but it, it, it's, it's quite enjoyable yeah yeah I, I like the fact that you knew that there are things you can do and it is thinking about the right way to do it but it is one of the games that I feel is sort of the second time games i.e. you play it mm, once yeah. and you enjoy it but once you kind of know what to expect the second time you feel like you've actually got to grips with what you're supposed to be doing and how to be that little bit more efficient yeah. and so yeah just, you know i think like i played power grid once and it was a yeah it was nice the first time but now i've played it once i know what to expect so the second time round of playing you're gonna go yeah i'm gonna really get to grips with this what is it um uh, brain has gone great western trail is another one where yeah. i liked it the first time but i liked it better the second time because mm. i knew what to expect and how to play a bit better and i'd say that's the same with lewis and clark play it once yeah but second time onwards is better yeah definitely i mean the, the most recent game i played i you know i was you know far more efficient than i'd have been in, in the first game i played i like well i can really remember that one but you know I, I won the game fairly easily people you know the people were still much further than i was you know i Went sort of whoever did very nicely. Went up, up the first block of river in one, one go, across all the first bit of mountains in one go, then next bit of river around the mountains and the things, and you know, or yeah, the mountains are two goes, I think. But you know, did it very nicely. Never only only went backwards a couple of times right at the end. But yeah, it's just, it's a very nice puzzle. It's sort of very satisfying when it all works out right and you move miles and mm. then you have to move back and you've you've, you've worked, calculated everything correctly and. It doesn't take up much table space either for a for a you know for a game that lasts an hour and a half to two hours possibly. Mm. It's actually relatively it doesn't need a lot of space other than the board. You've got your little little player mat, player board thing, which is sort of a strip of. Right. And then you put your cards down. That's about it. You know mm. everything sits on the board, all the cards and the mm -hmm. resources and things. So it doesn't take up a lot of space. You, you could play it with. You could quite easily play it with the full five people. Mm. Maybe even on a, a you know a red deer table. Actually, we played mm. it with three, and you could certainly easily play it with four on there. Right. I wouldn't have thought five would have been too much of a struggle. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of games where you definitely couldn't say that you'd be at least two of them. Yeah, to do even the, three players in some cases. The, the, this is one that I've seen reviewed, and uh, again, I've seen videos on this, and it is, it's the length that's put me off a little bit. Um, like I say, it could be up to two hours to to play it. But I think yeah. again, this there is a dice game. There's a shorter version of it as well, uh -huh. yeah, uh, which looks quite cool. So yeah, and I think again, as you, as you play it, you'll get faster at it as well. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. One of those that speeds yeah. up the more you more you play it. Yeah, I think you know if you've got play with two or three other people who know what they're doing, you could probably do it in an hour. Yeah, and I, I don't mind longer games as long as there's not too much downtime. It's the downtime that um, that I don't like. So. Are your turns fairly quick on this? Are you like doing something and then it goes to the next player? Yeah, they're relatively quick. You're sort of putting, a, you know, putting a card down. I'm gonna yeah. do that. Get a couple of resources. That's right. my turn. Right. Um, okay. I mean, the, the the length, the turns being long, comes from people not really knowing what they're uh -huh. doing and what you got to do. 
And because there's that kind of cycle, you sort of, when you pick all your cards back up again, you've got to think, right, what am I going to do right. for the next stage now? What's my next, you know, because uh, at some point I've got like my next five moves planned because I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I need this and this and this and this so I can do this three times. But then once that's all done, then I've got to plan another cycle, if you like. So then it slows down again a little bit, working mm. up right now I need this and that and mm. the other. Also, there's Board Game Arena where it's on there as well. So probably yeah. a complex game as well like that. Where you've got Perhaps worth things on like then. board game arena, which helps you learn those hmm. little bits. Yeah, might be worth giving it a go on there then, Rick. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's Lewis and Clark. Okay, so uh, my last one for this uh, episode is a game called Red Cathedral. This is another hmm. newish one. It's a couple of years old, I think, 2020. Yeah. Um, this is from Devere Games, and it plays between one and four players. Uh, so this is like uh, like. Uh, Samuel was saying with his game this is an efficiency kind of Euro game this you're building the Red Cathedral in I presume it's Russia somewhere because I think the money's rubles so <laughs> uh-huh. there's a, a central board which is like a circle it's got a circular kind of track on it that's got some dice on you have your own player board that's got some uh, spaces on for bonuses and there's the actual cathedral itself which is made up of like different sections so you've got three actions on your turn you can claim a piece of the cathedral that you want to work on uh, so you can only claim so many throughout the game and you put your little token on the piece of the cathedral that you're going to be working on uh, over the next few turns and that that each piece of the cathedral has like some fixed resources so it might need three wood and a stone or it might need a coin and some gold or something like that so that's one of the actions you can do you can uh, you can claim one of the uh, uh, one of the pieces uh, you can contribute to those pieces, so you can take some of your resources, contribute to the building of the cathedral, uh, and like I say, you take your resources off your board, and then that'll let you um, build the actual pieces. You flip the card over that makes up that piece of the cathedral, and then it's complete then, and you're going to get some points at the end of the game for that. And then the last thing that you can do is you can uh, use the uh, cir- circular board to move dice and get some resources. So there's some dice on the circular board, and they kind of go around in a, in a track, and you move it as the number of spaces equal to the number of pips on the dice. So if it's a three, you move it three spaces. Oh, cool. And then you do an action there, which might be getting some wood or getting some stone or getting a, a, ju- a gem or something like that. Uh, but also in the four quadrants of the board, there's a bonus action as well. And the bonus action could be uh, converting one resource into another resource. So like, for example, you might need some stone to build a piece of the cathedral. So you move your dice around to the place that gives you wood and then you can use the bonus to convert that wood into wood into stone then and you've got your stone for your for your building so there's various different cards that are on the corners of the board that you can use for the bonuses some just give you points uh, some let you do these conversions where you can convert one thing into another uh, some let you do an extra uh, an extra placement onto the cathedral so an extra contribution to build something so you're basically going around collecting your resources, contributing to the Red Cathedral, building it up as you're going along, and uh, you can also contribute like decorations as well. So the decorations like doors and fancy windows and crosses that are encrusted with jewels, and they'll let you add to your um, to the to the elements that you've already built. Because at the end of the game, what you do is you look at the columns that are in the cathedral, so it's kind of split up into columns. And there's a bit of an area control thing at the end. So you get points for completing the sections of the cathedral. But you also get points for if you contributed the most to that column as well. Uh, and your decorations count towards that. So even though you might not have contributed or you've not contributed enough, you could potentially still build a cross on the top or add a couple of windows and that'll get you into the running for some points at the end of the game. So some of the columns are only a couple of cards 
high. Some are four or five cards high. So I think we played a three-player game. So we were all contributing sort of different sections. It took us about an hour, 90 minutes, I think, to, to play. And that was with a couple of new players as well. But it's a, it's a really compact little game. It comes in a little box, but it comes out and kind of fills the table and you get this proper like meaty euro game out of it it's quite impressive how they managed to fit it into the box uh the action is really good because the actions that you're doing are really streamlined and um uh, like samuel's game you kind of want to be efficient so you've only got so much space for your resources so if you're taking a resource you might get four or five resources but you won't have space available for those so you don't want to sort of waste space and just end up having to take one or two similarly when you're contributing you can contribute um, up to three resources I think it is so if you've only got one that fits that's kind of like a wasted action then if you if you do a contribute action and you just place one wood on the cathedral it's not as good as doing like three pieces mm. um, so there's a lot there's a lot kind of, of stuff in this that kind of links into other stuff so you're kind of planning it out and working out your moves and saying right if I do this and then do this and do this I'll have me wood and me stone and me brick for the cathedral and then I'll do a contribute and then that'll do that and then I've got enough for a window, so I'll put a window on as well, and then that gets me points at the end. And then, so there's quite a lot to think about, and quite a lot in the middle of the board as well, because you have to decide which dice you're going to use, calculate how far you can actually move it, uh, if you want to pay to move it any extra steps, and then decide which bonus you're going to use as well. So a few different bonuses that you can use. So you end up kind of doing one thing, but actually doing like two or three things sometimes when you're doing these things because of the bonuses. So. I think that's what makes it interesting. It's the it's the going around and collecting resources and trying to be as efficient as you can. Uh, this is another really tight one as well because I think when we played it last, um, I think every time I played it, we all kind of finished finished contributing at the same time. You can only contribute up to so many pieces of the cathedral. So I, I think it's six or eight, six I think it is. And we all finished our sixth piece on the same turn, which is quite incredible <laughs> to say what we were actually doing. But I think it's that's the way it's been designed so that you kind of all finish at the same time and then it's yeah down to the points then who wins. So yeah, I really enjoyed this. It's um, it, it's not too long. It's like like I say about an hour, an hour and a half, something like that. Streamlined, very good to play. All fits in a nice little box. Will you be checking out the White Castle? Do you think? Oh, you mentioned this. Yeah, um, I think there's a sequel. Another game, same sort of little size box by mm. the same designers. I presume they're doing like a theory of the Red Cathedral, White Castle. Maybe it'll be a yellow bungalow next time. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's another one where it's really tight. Blue Moon City. Yes, you know, um, that you only get like nine actions in the game, but mm. it's oh. trying to sort of really optimise it. So doing this action will allow me to do that, and then that, and then that, and then that, and then that uh, as yeah. well. So yeah. you end up with yeah, lots okay. of things. Yeah. Yeah, bonus action, and, and I've seen a couple of bits about it. It looks really good, but yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. If it's in the same thing and the same design as everything, yeah, I think yeah. so probably. Um, but yeah, it's a good one if you if you're after something that's a bit more involved and a bit more meaty, then yeah, yes. definitely worth checking out. Yeah, it, it is a bit a little bit a little bit beige in the sort of artwork, and it, it, I think it's like a traditional Euro game. It's, there, there is a cool thing as well uh, when you're claiming the bits of the cathedral that you want to build. If somebody builds a piece above yours, you're embarrassed by that and you lose some points. You have to go back on the points track because they've 
they finish their bit that's above your bit. <laughs> that's it's only a, funny, a tiny little bit of points, and it doesn't really matter. But it feels, yeah. feels really bad to lose things. It like, does, oh, yeah. God, I've really, got to finish yeah. that off before you do. You're really, really trying hard not to, to get your bit finished before they can jump in and finish their bit. Yeah, that, yeah. that was quite funny. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. that bit. Mm. Uh, but yeah, definitely worth checking out if you like that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, and the, 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 like you mentioned, the small size of the box always surprises me. I feel like it's a game that should be in a much bigger box than that. Yeah, it's Yeah, it only just fits all in there once it's all bagged up and everything. But uh, yeah, it does. It does fit, and it's quite small. Yeah. So yeah, that's what uh, that's why I'm playing Red Cathedral. The last one I want to talk about is just a small filler called Spot, um, which isn't um, acne. Um, <laughs> it's it's actually Dalmatians. I love yes, this I've, I've seen this in the Treehouse oh, yeah. uh, shop. Yeah, very cute. This is, the, you know, it, it is a lovely little game. Sort of, you're going. Well, it's nearly time to go home, but I don't really want to disappear off. Let's just play something quickly before. Yeah, actually, we better get going. So, for the end of the Tuesday evening, we're playing, and the aim is to collect six dogs. And as everybody knows, the other thing other than Dalmatians that has spots is dice. <laughs> and dice are, of course, awesome. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Except for when I'm trying to roll the damn things, <laughs> but that's a different thing entirely. Um, so basically, you've got cards that enable you to do certain things. There are six cards available, and each round you play until all but one is done, and then it things finish, and whichever card wasn't you choked used gets to put a dog biscuit on there and you can next person who plays that card picks up the dog biscuits and dog biscuits you can spend to re-roll a dice Mm -hmm. because you have got the dogs that you are trying to collect and you have got your yard and then you've got the cards that are available so one of the cards will be roll all the dice choose a number and collect the dice of that number and so you've got to place the dice on um, dogs which have got those places available. And once you place the dice, obviously that number is no longer available. Hmm. Once you have completed all of the dogs in your area that you've not that you're trying to collect, if they've all got dice on you, automatically collect them as a free option, and so that is efficient. Or you can have um, spend in action to just collect a completed dog and so less efficient but you're not going to lose out because if you ever roll dice and you cannot allocate them and I can't remember the number, I think it's something like a total value of 7 or 8. Yeah, 7 I think it is, I'm looking at the if pictures, the, 7. I think it's 7 so if the value of dice in your yard is equal to or higher than 7 you bust and you take all the dice off your unclaimed dogs uh, and in it starts mm-hmm. again. So how you use the available actions by the time they get round to you because if Samuel, for example, had chosen that card where you roll all the dice and only take ones of a certain value and then yeah. I chose the card that enabled me to um, choose another dog card to put in my available ones, then yourself Rick or Tom wouldn't have access to those until the next sort of go around if that makes sense and there are definitely some that seem particularly powerful but actually depend it does depend on what you're trying to do 
how useful they are because different stages of the game, the different cards become more powerful, more useful for you at that time. So yeah, it's a really nice little game, really simple and easy to play, mm-hmm. and great for the end of the game of the of an mm-hmm. evening. So how, how how many dice are you rolling each turn? Is it like five or six, or just a couple? Or? It really does depend on the card. So there's one card right. which yeah. um, I think it is. You can you know roll this dice and either place it and roll another one or stop or something. So there's some which enable you to just roll one and then choose to roll another one or something. Uh, some right. which rolls yeah, just all of the available dice. Yeah, I'm just looking at pictures of them all now. The two different ones. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd need to have a look at the cards yeah. to try and remember your options. But there are six different options and they're really simple right. to kind of right. yeah, what you pretty, choose to use. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're very basic. And, and, they, and you have different actions available to you so you can mix the game up but instead of having these are the six actions available for you every game it, they're different combinations oh, right. so okay. yeah there's plenty of replayability because mm. of that okay good um, they've really maximised on the way that the dice are that yes they're a little bit of your standard dots mm. but they've got some of the dots are a little bit bigger, some of the dots are a little bit smaller, to kind of match the fact that Dalmatians, their dots aren't all uniform. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it does look cool, this one. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen the box and it looks uh, yeah, it looks quite cute. You say it's a, it's a filler? How long are we talking? I think it's about f- 15, 20 minutes. You know, there's, oh, right. yeah. I, I can't yeah. honestly recall exactly because it was the end of the yeah. evening and there's a fair bit of banter going on. Um, <laughs> I think... <laughs> but yeah... It, it, it was not particularly long yeah, um, yeah. and there's enough thinking to go yeah I, I'm involved I'm not kind of just sort of sitting on the sideline and it doesn't matter what I do yeah. you do need to think about which card I'm going to take which action I'm going to take sorry and because once you've had the five then it's that round over yeah. you can, you've always got an option one from two at the very least yeah, sounds cool. Yeah. yeah. Do you think uh, dog games are making a comeback? I think uh, cat games still outnumber them. I think dog games are coming back up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's, a lot, there's a lot of cat Depends games. Depends if you consider the forest and meadowy type um, lives. You know. yeah. yeah, there's a lot of cute animal it's games. Anthropomorphic animals. <laughs> yeah. 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 Should you do a podcast on yeah. those one, though. <laughs> yeah. Dog games yeah. versus cat games. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a dog gamer or a cat gamer? <laughs> yeah, I think the the theme really makes this game. I want to get it just for the theme. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got it. They've got yeah. it. So I've seen it at the treehouse shop. No, well, 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 definitely well worth getting to the club. I would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My last game then. Does it begin with L? It does. Yes. Last Last um is Laws of Waterdeep ah. from twenty twelve. Well, I'm, I'm really uh, with the expansion, really, because um, I've got the Scandals of Skullport expansion, which is kind of a it's one of those sort of essential expansions that is the game's just better with it than it is without it, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's his sort of your classic worker placement game. Everyone takes a turn to put that a worker on space, do the thing on the space. Once everyone's placed all their workers, they'll come back again, repeat seven more times, and then see who's got the most points, really, and do a few end game things. Mm-hmm. But it's set in the in Waterdeep in the D and D universe, um, and you're essentially trying to complete missions to get 
points and the resources that you could use to complete future missions, that kind of a thing. It's really nice. The board is surprisingly large, actually takes up quite a bit of space. So you'll, you'll start with a lord and a couple of missions. I prefer to house rule that because those will say you just get a random lord and two random missions. But mm. I'd rather, you know, get to choose. I guess you've got a bit of choice over what you started with so they kind of they might work together at right. least otherwise you can yeah. just get things yeah. that just don't work together at all because you, your law will score you at bonus points for certain things might be certain mm. types of missions that you completed or one two other things so if you get mm. a lot of the scores on these things then you just get two missions that are nothing to do with that at all and are really hard to do it's like yeah. I mean <laughs> you never force to do any missions but it's not very helpful having missions you don't want to do because you've got to get more so I like to sort of give players a little bit of choice where to give them a couple of lords and three maybe four missions to sort of pick from at the start, just so that you've got a bit of a little bit of an engine, if you like, or a bit of something to work work with, and then yeah, you just all the places to get different different resources, coloured cubes, or if you fancy, you can have have the the shaped meeples instead because <laughs> they did represent. Yeah, they are they, they are nice. Yeah, <laughs> I think expensive, but yeah. Yeah, nice. I know um, Scott Fryer has the, the really pimped out version because it's his favourite game, I think, or certainly it was. Yeah, and he's got the mm. those, and he's got the metal coins as well that you can get. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, mm. I've just got the basic things, um, mm. but they they work perfectly well. Um, yeah, yeah, it works fine. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, really, the resources different types of people, wizards and rogues and things like that. Mm. You seem to complete different missions. Some of the missions will just give you points, and then some of the missions are sort of what are called plot missions, and they'll give you ongoing bonuses if you complete those ones. So that can be quite nice, particularly with the expansion. There's a lot of different missions. Although for some reason, in my copy, mm. the uh, <laughs> just just to be annoying. I like to keep the, all the you know all the cards kind of the same way up in the deck. Uh, mm. They seem to be imprinted differently. So if you turn, what, you know, they'll have because they're, they're sort of landscape and say quest. Mm. You turn some over and it'll be the back will be one uh, way up. And you turn the expansion ones over and it's the other way up. The other way around. <laughs> other way oh, that's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll sort of flip it over and you're not quite sure whether you're going to be, to be turning it yeah. 180 degrees or not. It's a little bit straight. Doesn't doesn't. There's not made it too much, but it's sort of. Yeah. A bit of a needless frustration, really. Uh, mm. I, don't, I don't know why this happens. The intrigue cards, <laughs> sort of the action cards that you can also get, which uh, like two extra things, uh, um, are all fine. Yeah, the, the intrigue cards are sort of a nice, add a nice little layer because there's places where you can go where you can get them, and then obviously places where you can play them, and they do extra little things. Might give you some extra resources, that kind of thing. You've also got the buildings that provide extra space that you can go to, but that are owned by individual players, so. If somebody else mm. goes there, then the player who owns them gets a reward um, as well. Yeah, I, I like that bit because he's trying nice. to build buildings that are going to be useful for other people, people yeah, so you get more stuff out of them. Yeah. Over there. I think I did quite well on that on the previous game because I did one quite early that went, people went to quite a few times, mm. Um, mm. which is quite nice. Um, and then the... the and it, and it's, Go on. And it's always tempting. It's always tempting to go to those, even though you know you're giving something away. Yeah, because they, they tend to be more powerful. The buildings than the basic are so good. You that, get more yeah, resources. It's worth it. And yeah. then the expansion scandal scoreboard adds a couple of extra areas from just the baseboard, mm. um, with sort of have fancier actions. One of them is the sort of the I think it's under under deep, whatever it's called, it's called under something or other. Mm-hmm. That has the school has schools on it, and has, has the board with the, with schools, which are sort of negative points. But the little mm. twist is that the more of them that get taken, every, every third one that gets taken, their their negative points increases by one. So as mm. people start taking them from different things, and you get one thing on certain spaces and things, you end up with they can start to be worth more and more negative points. E- yeah. Even if you don't take any more, you can suddenly find you get in. 
losing more points because other people are taking them all. Um, and there are ways to get rid of them again and certain quests or entry cards things like that. But that can be mm. that can be quite tricky too, and you've got to, you might have to be quite strategic about it. Um, yeah. I think I've only played this uh, once or twice. I think it was with the Scandals of Skullport expansion because the yeah. Skulls thing that you're saying there is uh, definitely ringing a bell. Yeah, it. that's it. Yeah, I mean, it worked. I think it worked. everybody has it. I don't think anybody plays the base game. I think everybody has a copy of the expansion. Yeah, right? it's one of those where the expansion is sort of almost is almost mm. the base game. I think I've played it once for that expansion, possibly. Um, it was okay, I think, but the expansion just you know doesn't doesn't add any complexity. Just has a few more spaces to go. Ups the player count, not that it. I mean, that slows it down a little bit, but it's not you know it's not too bad. It's just 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 nice as a game. What 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 do you think about the insert? Um. I've I've been just, like dumped both my inserts and just put everything in, in bags and things in the base <laughs> box. So I right. dumped it because I, yeah. I got the basically bunch at the same time for Christmas one year. It, for my Christmas it's list. one of those that you stack the coins up in like one of the spaces and then if the board if you kind of tip the box over it all. Yeah, but I wouldn't get them both in the box. So I just took the inserts out straight away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But nah, put them yeah. it all fits in the base box easily in bags and things. Yeah, um, yeah. 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 I th- I've, I've played this a couple of times over the years as well, and I think the first time I played it was just after it first came out, um, and I'd not played many, I'd not played any worker placement games or anything at that point, and it all kind of made sense. And yeah, it it's tells sort of you very, cards what you need. Yeah, and, it's sort of a really simple game from that. It's not too brain taxing, and there's there's quite a nice bit of well, if I do this quest, I can get the stuff to do this quest. You kind of you know make one yeah, quest it's go. Still it, fun to do the build into yeah, the next the quest actions. kind of thing. Mm. It's kind of a bit of. I do remember that we didn't really get into the theme very much. It was a really good game, playing lots of yeah. uh, clever stuff, but the theme is you don't end up saying, oh, I need three wizards and a, and a couple of warriors. It's it's like three purple cubes mm. and a yellow. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Two purples, a yellow and a black for this one. Yeah, I mean, if you've got the shape... Yeah. If you've, yeah, it doesn't fill d <laughs> Yeah, if you've, got, if you've got the shape meeples, that would probably go a fair bit of yeah. a way to help in that, but... Yeah. They do match mm. the cards though. If you if you if you're trying to complete a mission that's more like stealth yeah, based, or you're trying to steal yeah. something, you do need more purple or whatever it is, or black or yeah. And, there's, and if there's, you, if it's a more magic based one, yeah, you do need that particular color. So and there's, there's, it kind of does match. It does, yeah. Bit. And actually, there's mm. quite a range of the different missions. You can get some simple ones that give you sort of five or six points and maybe a little bonus, mm. all the way up to sort of one that needs about twelve different cubes but gives you forty points. Mm. <laughs> you go, bosh! I get loads of points. <laughs> Yeah, like, <laughs> on the balls, but you know, which can be quite quite yeah. good if you get it done. And I, I think it's one of those games that's lasted quite a while as well because I think it's still available. It's still in print. You yeah, can still it is. It's uh, buy yeah. it new from shops and stuff. So twenty twelve. Yeah. Obviously, people are still yeah playing it and wanting yeah. it. Yeah, not mm-hmm. the oldest game we've talked about today, but still no. Yeah. What other L day L games could you have talked about? Uh, what's what's everyone's done... favourite L game? <laughs> I could have done last. What was the L deck? <laughs> Oh yes, well, yeah. ELL projects yeah. that I've played. Yes, what do you say, Tom? Got any Lord of the Rings games? Mm. Oh yeah, there's Lord of the Rings. The uh... um, what? What did okay. you say, uh, Tom? L? The L project. Oh, Project there's L. Pro- there's Project or L. Project yes, L. Which I, I have. Project I have L, played sorry. once. And I'd quite like to buy the deluxe version of it. Sort of like a again, NG building. NG, there's a bit of NG building. Putting down shapes up a thing to gain yeah. a reward. Which yeah, is no, really Project L is really nice. I've liked. I've played. Very tactile as well. Yeah. Um, there's Last Will as well. Lost Cities? Lost Cities, yeah. Um, Libertalia is a good game. I don't see it played very much, yeah. but I really like that game. I've played Love Letter a few times. Oh, Love Letter, of course. That's a classic. Oh, yeah. Good oh, call. Yeah. 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 I've done lots of times mm-hmm. now, sort of. 
I've got one for you, gents. Ludo. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yes, I played that. <laughs> yeah, I've played that a few times. Yeah. Oh, and Las Vegas. That's a, like, probably. Oh yeah, Las Vegas is a good one. I played that a few times. Yeah. yeah. Very, very entertaining. Las Vegas. Of the the. Uh, it's a it's a good one. Rolling the dice. In, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. no, I'd rather have think bollock. It's another one where you get sort of a filler at the end of an evening. You know. Yeah. Yeah. As yeah. oh, the as well begins with welcome. That's a little bit heavier. Yes. <laughs> I think I put. Would Star Wars Legion count? Mm-hmm. It's got an L in it. Yeah, <laughs> well, because it's Star Wars the setting, if that makes sense. It's Star Wars but, colon yeah. legion or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's got it and and there's the legendary games uh, legendary as well. encounters and stuff, yeah. which it yeah. Yeah. There's Lost Ruins of Arnak as well. Oh yes. That that that's definitely an yeah. Which we have I think Cool. Okay, so that's all the games we've been playing this month. Lots of games there. Yep. Moving on to our question of the week, then um, this is what uh, what video games? Are, what are your favourite video games? So I must admit that I, I don't play as many games, video games as I used to. We used to play quite a lot, like all the time. But I don't. I've it's kind of dropped off a little bit. But I'm mm. kind of getting a bit a bit back into it now. I think this is the first generation where I've not gone straight into the PlayStation. So before, like PlayStation Four, I had one on launch day. Yeah, I played that to death. Yeah, uh, but I haven't picked up a five yet. I, w- I want to at some point, but yeah, I've got a five. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah, I just wanted to have a chat with you about what games you're playing currently. What are your favourites? Is there anything that's um, any hidden gems that you want to talk about mm. or anything like that? Really? So shall, shall I kick off a couple of that yeah. I'm playing currently? Um, yeah, playing Starfield at the moment. That's pretty good. It's uh-huh. um, Skyrim yeah. in space, basically. Yeah, it's um, Elder Scrolls it's, new IP for a long time. New yeah, it's absolutely huge. It's massive. There's loads of stuff to do. Um, it's a proper time sink, that one. And if you've not got much time, yeah. it's probably <laughs> not one that you want yeah. to get stuck into. I, I sort of read a bit, a bit about that when it launched. Yeah. Um, I was wondering about getting it, but I haven't done yet. I don't know if I will. Mm. Um, there were a few issues with it. The, the lack of maps was one of the big ones. Yes, yeah, that is a bit of a problem. Causing a lot Although, of headaches. You can. There's the, the, the sort of this interspace travel sort of just big menus was another yeah. turn off as well. As a bit. Um, I, I really liked No Man's Sky. I played that quite a bit. Uh, and in that one, mm-hmm. you can go from space and you like fly down to the planet and then you yeah. get a place to land. It's not like that. You just like click yeah, on the button where you want to land and then it shows a landing animation. It's a bit disjointed. Yeah, um, that pulled me off a bit. And also, it's, as I said, it's time sync. I don't. You know, I need to be really into it to want to sort of yeah, it's a devote it's the time to it. So loads of stuff to do. Yeah, so I, I may do playing. at some point, but it's not on my not high priority yeah. for me. Um, a, a shorter game I think that I've been playing recently is Alan Wake Two. Okay. So I played, yeah, I played the original one and really enjoyed that. So the new ones come out now. Yeah. Um, so I've been playing through. I'm probably about halfway through that at the moment. That's a really good uh-huh. adventure with a really cool story and looks fantastic and everything. So that's a really good one. I grew up, I bought uh, well about just over a year ago for my birthday I got a Switch, so I've been mm-hmm. and had a and had a Nintendo since the old uh, the old days where I had I hadn't got a Wii. Uh, I missed out on the last few, but well, uh, I've been going playing. To hear about your bathroom habits. <laughs> <laughs> we we yeah, uh, so I've been playing a lot of uh, Mario and Zelda and things like that. Getting back mm-hmm. into that, that's been really good. I, I really like the Switch because um, I like yeah. how it's portable as well because you can. Yeah, um, play it docked on the screen and just play it like on the sofa, like a normal console. I like, can sort of grab it and take it with you, chuck it in a bag or something. So I've been playing it yeah. like, at lunchtime just, at work and yeah, I keep tra- playing the same game after sort of yeah. yeah tra- Tracy had a meeting, uh, so I had to. I was on taxi duty, so I kind of sat in the car and, and took my switch with me and played that for a bit for an hour while mm-hmm. she had a meeting at work. 
Nice. Um, yeah. The, the Switch has got some really good games because it's got the it's got the Nintendo ones. Obviously, your Mario Karts and your Zelda's and stuff like that, which are which are all fantastic. But it's got a lot of remakes and like older games as well. Yeah, there's the new new Metroid came out of the year as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't... I've been playing Quake and Quake Two, uh-huh. oh, um, wow. and Virtua Racer as well. That's a really good oh, remake wow, that's on there. Really old game, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But they look fantastic on the. I've got the new OLED one with the OLED screen, and it, it oh, looks right, amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's really bright and colourful, and mm-hmm. yeah. Um, if you plug in like Bluetooth earphones, it's yeah, sounds mm-hmm. great as well. So yeah, I've been really getting into that and playing quite a lot of that. Uh, so what, what are you? What are you guys been playing? What have you been? Uh, what you've been up well, to? That we've made a very conscious decision at the moment with a preteen, and it's. In order to sort of not have the, um, well, we've got X, Y, and Z, and trying to strive for the biggest, best, and all of that, and the money sink, mm. we've kept clear. So we've still only got a PlayStation 2 as a console at home, but we mm. quite enjoy, and I'm keeping with the Lego theme here, Lego Star Wars. Um, yeah. So that's the L, but, you know, I'm pretty sure in a year or two that's going to change. But it, we, we've just been conscious of just... Some you've got to work out when's the time you're going to grab that nettle, mm. and we will grab no. that nettle, but just trying to be semi responsible yeah, parents, right. um, yeah, and, right. and things Oof. like that. Um, but also, I, I'm going to go for mobile games. I enjoy Lemmings. Yeah. I played it when okay. I was younger, um, and I've, and mm. they've reimagined it, and it's on the phone, and it's a nice little bit of thinky stuff. It's not one of those click on something and you know you're trying to build it up and it is effectively a pay to win this is now if you've got the brains you can work out the challenge um you can improve things by paying but critically it's it's a thinky game and it changes a little bit and you've still got those nice little yeah, characters yeah. walking around and trying and unintentionally murdering themselves so <laughs> I bet it works okay on the tablet as well because I think the original was like mouse based and you had to click on them. But I guess you just tap them now, do you? To uh, the original powers was and stuff. mouse based and you yeah. had to get your timing right. So there's one level I remember in the original Lemmings where you had rescue forty um, of the le- of the little blue and green darlings, um, and <laughs> um, there was you had forty diggers and you basically had to get the timing right that the first one went all the way to the end and you had to have them dig down because if they dug down they would survive but if they walked over the edge they would die because they dropped too far so that mm. was the old method you have to click click it and it would do that thing yeah, nowadays yeah. this one you've got options and you still have here is a um you know i want to have a um, bridge here but instead of clicking on the lemming you click on a square, for want of a better word, and the first mm-hmm. lemming that comes to that square will uh, do that action. Yeah. But if yeah. you want, uh, you've got the classic floater mm-hmm. where they fall off an edge and drop a, um, and they have an umbrella and float to safety. Now you have mm-hmm. a, this is where I'm putting my floater symbol, and any lemming, so all of them will just plop and fall. So there's a bit of planning ahead, and it's just quite a nice little thinky game will take yeah, up yeah. a few minutes in between whilst waiting for someone to finish their meeting or whilst waiting for pick up at uh, end of school or other bits 
I don't have a great deal to contribute to this. I mean, I do. I have played some <laughs> video games, but yeah, not um, consoles. I haven't had anything since the PlayStation 2. It's still in a cupboard somewhere. Um, <laughs> occasionally had uh, some good sort of uh, games where me and Paul are both controlling things in Lego Star Wars. Uh, yes. mm-hmm. like, you over there? No, no, don't, don't go there. No, you need to. Yeah, you shoot that one while I do. While I go and run over the thing. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's that's fun because you know Lego games are all you know just uh, they're all mm. um, they've got a nice theme going of um, uh, everything's a little bit low stakes because everything just nothing dies it just explodes into bricks. We should make everything cute. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but in terms yeah. of. Yeah gaming more recently I think it's just been PC games I've just done I mean I've, I've spent a few hours on Football Manager but it doesn't really, really count does it it's not really gaming it's just sort of busy work <laughs> really, <isn't> yeah. <laughs> statistical management yeah like you spend <laughs> yeah. a few hours with a spreadsheet it's great, it's great fun uh, but I've, I've got fond memories of like classic things like Portal and Portal 2 yeah, oh, yeah. and working yeah. through Portal Love games yeah Portal Portal, Portal played loads a lot yeah. and occasionally um, something will filter through I'll get some recommendation off someone on YouTube or something that about some uh, big indie game with an amazing plot or something or sometimes play something like that like Return of the Oprah mm. or Forgotten City there are quite a lot now aren't there like the smaller yeah there's lots of little indie, indie games but I never play these like big sort of thing. things AAA games yeah a lot of them do like a little no, thing not, really, really well and just do many it. Many AAA games. Brilliantly. Yeah. Yeah, I should. But the two I'll talk about are both indie mm. games. Yeah. And I don't want to buy one of these big, you know, £50 games that you need to spend uh, 50 hours on no, to get I anything I don't out tend of to it. I not buy those either. Cause, no. Because uh, I, I just wouldn't, wouldn't be able to devote enough time for it. Mm. It's oh, rubbish being, being grown up, isn't it? Talk, talking about animal games and small games, I did play Stray. Uh, that's the one where you play as a cat. Oh yeah, that's oh, only cat, yes, yeah. that's yeah. only like that's six or eight yeah. hours to play all the way through. That's quite a small indie one, mm-hmm. but yes, yeah, manageable. Quite cheap. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Now I've got like a nine to five well, job that... and things. It's uh, harder mm. to devote time to. Harder things to like yeah. Mm. Minecraft with on sort of tablet devices. I've been yeah, I've sort of making sort of areas with my son, and so you know, sometimes we just try to explore and other times we go well well, let's try and make this and so you know it depends on whose world who we're going on and what we're trying to achieve Mm. Uh, but yeah numerous times it's dad dad no this way you've got to be doing that (laughs) you know look out for the creeper oh yes Minecraft has become seems to be such a big sort of culture bit of culture that I've just totally missed out on yeah me too I've never played that yeah. yeah yeah I've played it a bit recently in the last couple of years. But people like um, might make giant constructions in it, and I think. Yeah. I've seen I've seen various videos on it and things and, time. <laughs> and stuff, but <laughs> yeah. Well, the worst bit about Minecraft is when my son goes onto YouTube and watches people play through, and you've got these, and this is going to be very ironic, recording a podcast, and it's the YouTube equivalent of it. But it's a playthrough, and you've got it edited, and you've got the yeah shoutiness, and it, I'm just thinking, no. Oh God! Just, <laughs> it, it, there, there, there is a certain pitch and a certain tone that has a high freak, you know, occurs yeah. fairly frequently in these, <laughs> which my son seems to just love, and it's 
almost like scratching your nails <laughs> and chalkboard for me now. Um, you know, so it, it's a case of if you want to send me off the deep end, yeah. What, what about you, Samuel, then? What have you been playing? Um, so recently uh, I've been playing a lot of uh, a game only came out in September, and it's full release, called Astrea, or Astrea um, Six-Sided Oracles, hmm. which is in the roguelike deck builder genre, which is a game I've played quite a few games in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because the genre that kind of started essentially was Slay the Spire. Was sort of kicked. Oh, yes, I did play a bit of that actually. Yeah, I like that kind of game because I like those ones are kind of a quite a good one to dip in, dip out, play when you've got an hour. Hmm. Yeah. You do, do a run, you know, you don't have to, you know, you can sort of seems easier to rack up the hours on those than it does on a, a Starfield or a hmm. big 50 hour AAA game kind of thing. So this one's in, in that elk, but it's, it uses dice rather than cards, um, essentially. Hmm. So you're building up a pool of dice rather than a deck of cards. It's got quite an interesting sort of health system because you're sort of trying to purify all these sort of corrupted creatures and, and then the, eventually the heart of the Astraea's heart, the heart of this sort of world that's gone corrupt. And so essentially the purify action it sort of both heals you and damages your opponents and the corrupt action does the opposite, will damage you and heal your opponents. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of a... So if you, you know, roll that kind of aside, you can, you know... You've kind of got a choice, do I, want to, do I need to heal me, do I want to attack the opponent, um, that kind of a thing. And also, you don't have a very big health bar. You've got sort of three lives, and each one's got about, I think it's got, well, seven. If you lose seven, your seventh bit, that's you, you lose, lost, a, lost a heart. But if you go and, they've also got, so if you lose you know, one health or two health, you'll unlock a, a power that you can then use. If you gain the health back and lose it again, you can use that power again in the same turn. Oh, right, yeah. And things like that. So you can be, um, so that sometimes you want to be gaining, losing health a bit. Um, and one of the six characters, you know, certainly leads into that quite a bit. I've sort of actually really enjoyed it. Because um, mm. sort of, on this dice base, you think, oh, God, there's going to be lots of luck. There, you know, there's a fair bit, but there's a relative, you know, quite a bit of mitigation because there's you know, various mm. dice and powers that allow you to re-roll the dice um, or discard the dice to get to do other things. And then the dice themselves, are sort of there's safe, balanced and risky ones that have got sort of, you know, the safe dice will often have no bad things. The risky dice might have sort of four or six bad things mm. um, and bad ones are kind of in the middle. But then also the dice will have, you know... They're not going to have six different sides that do six different things. It'll sort of have, it might do, you know, it might have a shield dice that'll do sort of two, three, or four shield, depending on which side you roll, or you'll mm-hmm. have a dice that does an amount of purify, depending on which side you roll, all that kind of thing. Right. Um, so you've got some control over what the dice do, but not might not be the exact amounts that you're mm. getting, that, that kind of thing. And some dice will be a little bit, bit more varied, mm. um, and that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it runs taking me an hour, an hour and a half, or something like that, um, each time. If you a successful run, if you if you're failing it, obviously a bit quicker. <laughs> but you can you can very definitely kind of build a, a sort of an engine kind of thing. There's lots of ways of getting rid of dice from your dice pool. Hmm. Um, that's always a key thing for me in these kind of games. Is there yeah, ways to, yeah. to get rid of the stuff you don't want that you start with, as well as building mm-hmm. it up? Um, there's very much ways of doing that. Things like that, you can forge extra sides onto your dice as well, so extra things, so you can get rid of a couple of bad sides that you don't want, make your dice a bit less horrible, mm-hmm. <laughs> that kind of thing. I've just sort of really, really enjoyed been playing that a lot recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I do um, these these things where you like 
make, doing runs and seeing how far you get and like Slay the Spire and um, and Dolph Romantic as well. That's another. Uh, yeah, that's not. Sort of, that's that's not exactly. Yeah, as, um, yeah that's just that's a, a bit different. Keep yeah. going for as long as you can, rather than. I, to, I find I find they're entertaining for a bit, but I sort of uh, drift away from them because you do the same thing again, and it's not sort of working through to a definite end. Sort of. I like I. I did, did do say, uh, oh, I don't play really big games for ages. But, you know, the one thing that could do that for me is, like, um, role-playing games. I've, I've spent a few a few hours on that over the years. I played, mm. well, I played yeah. Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 back in the day. Oh, yeah. I've been slightly tempted to go for Baldur's Gate 3. Mm. Yeah, so, I've played some of I, I mean, uh, one, of my, one of my all-time favourite games is Elder Scrolls 4 Oblivion, which was sort of oh, the, yeah. the first game I played that wasn't... Because when I was a young guy, I used to play a lot of driving games, in particular sports games. And once I ended up playing a couple of arena shooters, I played Quake 3 and Unreal Tournament as well. And this was on the PlayStation 2. This was my first game that wasn't just sort of a... That kind of game was more of an open-worldy, adventure battle-y type thing. Yeah, um, I played a bit of Skyrim, but... I know, I played Skyrim when the day it came out so, as well. Yeah. But um, I always played Oblivion. It was just sort of my, you know, my first one of those. First open-world yeah. game. Just it, that, with it. It was just that was amazing because really you start off in it. you start off like in a dungeon and you're talking and you go around and fight a few monsters, yeah. And then you go through and get to the, the end, yeah. And there's like a huge landscape and there's an island in front yeah, of you. So you can basically amazing. go anywhere. It's yeah, that go first, anywhere, do anything. So I was you know, doing yeah, things, that first yeah. bit yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. I've completed the main quest I think three times. Yeah, um, <laughs> I didn't get that far. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you ran around now. a bit. And- yeah, I mean, I've, right, I've had it on the PlayStation 3 to start with, and then I yeah. bought I've bought it since then on, on the computer and modded it and kind of stuff and done loads of mm-hmm. mods and made it look really nice and more, more recently than, than various things. And mm. Actually, because I've had it on the computer, I've been able to just sort of skip the main quest entirely and just put all the you know, console on my way through the whole thing. <laughs> and then wait a bit so all the stuff comes back. So I just don't have to bother with the main quest. Mm. I was like, yeah, don't really want to do it again, done it enough times. Yeah, not really fussy work because I was never that. The living, the worlds of living were a little bit, a little bit less interesting mm. when I was playing because actually get a certain point all the gates start opening. That was when I was playing through originally. It was getting a bit annoying. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh I have to go and close this living gate now. <laughs> I, always, I always felt like I needed to go and close them. But it's a bit rubbish. Mm. But yeah, that one, you know, did did made my own sort of mods and weapons and things for it because it's got um, right. the uh, creation kit that comes with it is. Um, there's one that comes to Skyrim as well, but the one for the Rivian seems sort of certainly for making weapons and things is is quite easy to use actually. You just sort of mm. pick a you're gonna make a, you know, a magic axe or something. You'll just sort of you mm-hmm. pick what magic you want to do from the drop, drop down lists and things. So it's, it's going to do five shot damage and five fire damage and mm. whatever else. And then you'll choose what type of axe it is. So it's a glass axe, and you can just name it, and then mm. you can just put it in a leveled list or in the world somewhere that kind of thing is easier alright yeah Um, Skyrim's is more complicated Mm. I think Um, but I found the big ones was quite a nice level to be able to you know I made 70, 80, 90 bits of equipment and things Mm. and then re-randomised all the loot level lists of chests and things and spent quite a long time doing that alright yeah so they were you know over several iterations yeah no, so they're now just sort of in, in, in the leveled list in the chest at the appropriate levels and things in, in my game if I play it. During this discussion, we've had. Uh, I haven't heard much about any sort of fighting games or racing games or things. Do you think there's a sort of. Uh, um, <laughs> the board game demographic sort of tends to go for a certain types of games? Possibly, yeah. Uh, maybe. I mean, like I said, I used to play a lot of racing games when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to play a lot of. No, because I was about to mention Half Life. 
Yeah, it's the 25th anniversary. Unleash the big lambda. Yeah. It's an FPS, and I think the Half-Life series is just awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I played, Um, I think it was some of the second one. I played a lot of Half-Life 2 Deathmatch. Half-Life 2 is brilliant with the gravity gun. Yeah, I've played a uh, bit of that. i played quite a bit of Gary's mold as well. Just messing mm. about with stuff. Yeah, but I, I just loved the fact that when playing it for the first time, there's the, there's the story which the first one had, and the second one's got it to an extent, but then they go, here's the gravity gun, and shortly afterwards it all goes Pete Tong, and they <laughs> just drop you into Ravencroft. And whereas before you've got all kinds of guns, and you just keep an eye on your ammo, this time... You've just got the gravity gun, and it's only stuff that you can pick up and fling at things. Yeah, yeah. and some, and it's never not fun to fling are, stuff at other stuff. It's always fun. You know, it's always fun to fling um, a gas canister at a zombie. Yeah, it's not fun when you're running away from a head crab infected <laughs> zombie and you are trying to find a circular sort of pick up and ping at it yeah. and you really can't yeah. yeah and that's what i loved about it it had the setting right it had you know you know what you're trying to do which is kill stuff but you're not just going well i'm just going to change weapon now it's a no your ammunition is limited by how you're playing and you can play sensible by going right i will keep hold of this but it really made you have to think yeah and i just liked the way in which it took a formula and did a few different things. I remember yeah. on that one as well. You it starts off like really low powered. You can just like barely move things to mm. open doors and solve puzzles mm. and things. But again, a, a little bit later on, it gets an upgrade, and then suddenly you can pick up tables and like the really big stuff and like you said, throw it around and stuff. Gary's one, I think, was the reason I got Steam in the first place. Why I got Half Life? I wanted to play Gary's mod. Um, yeah. So I got Half Life Two for that reason, and I think I played the story a bit because I thought well, I might as well give it a go because I've got it, yeah, and yeah. got part way through it. I think I got stuck at one point actually, so I stopped. Couldn't uh, find where to go. I've got one other game to talk about. I think because uh, yeah. we were mentioning favourite games, and I was trying to think, well, what would I count as my favourite game of all time? Hmm. Um, I mean, I was straight to Oblivion was was one thing, hmm. and I thought, well, if I thought I think about this, if I had to recommend one game um, that I've played, what would it be? And I think it would be Outer Wilds. Not to be confused with The Outer Worlds, which came out in the same year, which was the Obsidian sort of Fallout in Space RPG thing. Rather, Outer Wilds, which is also a space sort of a space exploration mystery game, which is extremely well regarded. It's sort of one of these, gone under the radar a bit, kind of indie games. Hmm. Um, it's on, on Steam, on PlayStation, on Xbox, I think, as well. You are sort of some kind of... It's set in this sort of little fictional solar system and you're a, a little alien recruit person in, the, in like the space their mini, little mini space core thing but there is essentially a time it's essentially a time loop mystery thing because the sun is exploding but every time it does that you kind of get pushed back about 22 minutes in time and then it goes forward then the sun will explode again and repeat alright uh, okay and so basically the start of the game the tutorial kind of sets all this up you know, there's a little museum on your planet detailing bits of this alien race called the Nomai, um, the sort of bit, bits that you know about, and you've got a tool that allows you to translate any writing you find, that kind of thing, uh, and it sets up a time loop uh, for you, and you know, gives you the code to your little spaceship, and then it basically says, right, we've told you about the storyline and the story, um, the basics, we've given you a spaceship, there's your solar system, off you go. 
<laughs> and then about from that point, you can then get in your ship, go anywhere the bloody hell you want in the solar system, no loading screens, no nothing like that, just get up, fly off the planet, fly, fly around, jump up, land on another planet, mm. and basically the, the game is then to work out why there's a time loop, what the hell's going on, and stop the time loop, essentially, by exploring the solar system and all the different planets and all the bits and bobs that are there. And it's bloody incredible. <laughs> and it's a game that's best to be played. It sounds blind. like Elite with a puzzle element. Um, I mean, I haven't played Elite, so I don't know, but it's, uh, it's much smaller than Elite. There's a little solar system of about six <laughs> planets and mo- a few moons, oh, okay. bits and bobs. Thoroughly, thoroughly recommend it. I would go in as blind mm. as possible because it's yeah. a game all about discovery. But right. I quite like it because you discover it entirely at your own pace. You can go... You know, once you've been given the ship, you can just go mm. whatever the bloody hell you want. It, it's, yeah. I mean, it's a type of game where it's all knowledge-based. I mean, if I boot up a new game now, I could literally finish it in 15 minutes because <laughs> I know what to do. Mm. <laughs> if I was well, a bit of reminding myself exactly how to do it, but you know, at the start, it's it's just sort of the discovery is wondrous. You go, oh, yeah. this is interesting. So there's this thing, and what does that do? Okay, it talks about this thing on this panel. I'll go there, and you'll do this, and you just sort of stumble across other bits, and you'll go, oh, wait, there's this, and there's, oh, there's this, and oh, oh wow, okay, that's there. It's like, oh, I didn't know there was this bit. Oh, <laughs> and all okay. that kind of stuff, and he's like, you know, and there's, it uses the time loop quite well, because there's bits, and there's, there's two twin planets in, that are near the sun, and as the time loop goes on, there's sort of one sort of covered in sand, and gradually that drains into the other one. Right. Which starts blocking up some of the places, but then making some places accessible on that one, things like that. So there's, you know, so there's bits that if you don't go there early enough, you'll miss completely. Yeah, but then of course, you know, my reservations initially were that is the time going to be annoying? Am I going to have to go? Oh, crash! We've got to go back again because the time's run out. Mm. But actually, that that was never an issue, um, and that that works fine. It's also completely combatless as well. There's, you know, it's all just about exploring this little solar system and, mm. and working at what's going on. There's one whole hostile life one time on one planet but you can ignore that if you know what you're doing mm-hmm. and you can you know learn about how to not trigger that and the thing so it's really uh, it's really nice and yeah the fact that you just take off from a planet you can just fly off to somewhere else <laughs> you know it's really nice. each planet's really, you know really quite tiny it, mm. mostly so you can sort of you know you can walk around most of them pretty quickly <laughs> well well then you can't all around because it's an ocean planet but apart right. from that <laughs> one, you know they're all pretty pretty tight so it's, yeah. it's got a really nice sense it's first person as well so it's got a really nice sense of immersion and things like that but mm. it's yeah it's uh, there's nothing else like it either really and right. um, it's it's the one game that if I could um, not know anything about it and play it again I would do <laughs> but I don't know about it so I can't there is yeah. an expansion but you don't need to get that really if you don't want to mm-hmm. it's, it leans a bit more towards horror than exploration I think from what I've heard but the base game on its own is more than excellent mm. Cool. Yeah, definitely going to check that out. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would, it, you know, it, it's one that would, if you thought it's worth, you'd probably spend I don't know thirty to forty hours maybe. Mm. If that, it's not, you know, it's not huge, mm. huge, huge, but you know, it's it's one that you can certainly really, really get into. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it's uh, yeah. It's, you know, it's just just nice to just just discover everything. It's, yeah, yeah. yeah. I do. I do like those exploration games where you kind of head out and just do your own thing. And yeah, you you've got like there. I said, you've yeah. got a total freedom. You can just once you've been given your ship, you can just fly wherever you want. You can go to whichever yeah. planet you want in whatever order. You know, it's all about what information you find out and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And all, all this, as I said, although there's no, although there's no combat, you know, you can die. You get to your spacesuit on, or you crash, in, crash into a planet too fast, or <laughs> get crushed by things, or there's you know, various mm. ways to to die. 
Which is quite it's a little bit like the Forgotten City, actually, which is another time loop one. Yeah, that's 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 probably the most similar one that exists, but it's yeah. different again. But it's quite nice because you'll start. There'll be things as you learn about everything. There'll be things that you'll sort of understand about about things you not even really noticed before. I was like, oh, okay, ah, that's why that's doing this, or that's why that you know, that's what that is, or that's what this mm-hmm. means, or mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's just the, the thrill of discovery is amazing. Mm. Mm. But yeah, go into it blind. <laughs> you <don't, Yeah. laughs> the less you know before you start, the better. Yeah, yeah. Outer wild, outer wilds. Like I said not to be used with the outer worlds. Mm. Well, you recommend that one. Okay, I think that's us then today. So, so yeah. we've been uh, we've been going on for quite a while. So let's call an end to this uh, epic mega episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you, uh, thank you all yeah. for joining me, Samuel, Tom, Cauldron, Tom Lovell. Yeah. Thanks for coming on and talking thank to you me. All. Uh, we've been Sheffield Board Gamers. We'll catch you on an episode, episode 51. Thanks for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. Goodbye for yeah. now. We'll get, get together for the 100 fun as well. We will do, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, bye for now. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. 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 bye.